Coming up on this episode of Bro, Do You Even Talk Pinball, we've got the latest pinball news, including including the brand new reveal of Jersey Jack's Guns N' Roses pinball machine. Got a hot segment on why you might not want to buy a new inbox pinball machine, at least at this. Double Super Jackpot! I can hear you. And now, the Hall and Oates of Pinball Podcasting, Nick Lane and Kevin <clears throat> Manny of Buffalo Pinball. Whoa, boom shakalaka. What's up, everybody? It's a new uh, month of Brody Even Talk Pinball. Uh, I'm Kevin Manny here with Nick Lane. Can you hear him? Nick, am, I, am I here? Can I, you guys I, hear me? I mean, I, I see you on my thing, so you should be good. And you can hear me too, Kevin, huh? I can. I can hear huh. you and see you, so we're good. Come on, chat. This is, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the joy of uh, remote podcasting yeah but you know it's weird because i heard you the whole time so i don't know what the heck happened yeah yeah i'm blaming the chat chat their fault yeah they didn't no. they led us astray so uh no. what's up we're a <laughs> month later we got some some big things happening in the pinball world you left your house it was amazing it was a big day went outside yeah yeah went on a hike there you go where'd you go yeah. uh someplace in lockport i forget what it's called yeah it was nice it was nice because it was not that long so that's usually the conditions. <laughs> that's, that's the key to a good hike. Not yeah. that long. Exactly. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing some of that too. It's good to get out while you can and free the brain a little bit of the pandemic, whatever is going on. Yeah, I've been going for like walks every day in the summer, but now that it, the weather's getting crappy here, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a little challenge. But you know, we train for this, Kevin. That's right. I'll we just I'll just for this. I'll just break out the uh, I'll just break out the ring fit again, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, you've got autofocus on too, buddy. I do? Yeah. Oh, uh, you're looking at that camera doesn't matter. That's just for Zoom. Oh. Everybody else I'm is seeing sorry. the good camera. I have two cameras set up here. This is, this is professional. Professional. He's got, a stu- he's got a studio. You have no idea. Oh, yeah. It's, it's big no time. Idea. So, excellent. So, all right. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into it, why don't we thank our partners? And I'll let you do the honors this, this time since I did it last month. All right. Yeah, get it up there because I, uh, I need to see it. Well, Pin Stadium is the first there one. There you go. Pin Stadium, mere partner. Of Buffalo Pinball, which we're very grateful. Pin Stadium, ladies and gentlemen, is a lighting kit for your pinball machine. It's a, it's like a stadium lighting kit. They can be controlled with iOS or Android, an app. You can control the intensity, the colors. He's got God knows how many versions now uh, uh, and options for your pinball machine. Uh, Pin Stadium, use coupon code BUFFALO and you save 10%. What a hell of a deal. Uh, we've got Double Danger Pinball, ddpinball.com. By the way, I'm, just, I'm not even going to say, I'll try to remember who's got coupon codes, but just throw Buffalo in there and, and hope for the best. There you go. Uh, TheModCouplePinball.com, my favorite modding place. I actually, I actually bought mods because they're so good. And I'm not even a modding person, so go figure. All right, flipping out pinball, flipping out pinball. If you, if you do, after I told people not to buy uh, or, or gonna tell or warn people about buying new pinball machines, <laughs> but if you don't listen to me and you want to get a pinball machine, I highly recommend flipping out pinball. Zach Many, good guy. He'll take care of you. He's a distributor. That's going to be an important part of this talk is get a good distributor because if you do have issues, that's going to be your saving grace if, if you have any hope. 
uh, flipandoutpinball.com, selling uh, basically every new inbox pinball machine uh, you can want. I don't so don't know where on Pony Factory. Zach will have to let us know. And we better be the first people to know, Zach. Okay, let's let's talk. Let's see what we can work out here. Pinside.com. I was actually on Pinside.com today. You were in the forum section doing some homework and riling people up and and, and hyping the, uh, the the talk here. Really getting uh, looking forward to that. Pinside.com. Uh, just a, a shout out to them. They were my start ten years ago. I think I've hit the ten year mark of of being not owning a pinball machine, but uh, being into pinball. And Pinside.com played a pivotal role in that. So. Shout out to our sponsor, Pinside.com. Jersey Jack Pinball, makers of the most beautiful pinball machines on the planet. And the brand new Guns N' Roses, which uh, people seem to be loving. I see it in Kevin's background there. I'm jealous. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe, maybe one year I'll get to play it. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, pinball EDU. Pinball EDU is a charity uh, supporting kids who have autism through the power uh, of, of being able to play some pinball. Go to pinballraffle.org. You can buy a raffle ticket. That raffle ticket will support the charity while also giving you a chance to win a pinball machine. So do good and possibly win something. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, Community Beer Works. Community Beer Works, we, we, we miss you. And they, they, they're still in existence. We just can't go down there. I, I don't. I don't. People can. Um, but they are uh, my favorite brewery in Buffalo, New York. Highly recommend it if you're in the area. Um, and they've been doing de- uh, beer delivery, and we've gone and picked some up, so. Beauty Bear Works, TiltCycle.com. Welcome back, TiltCycle. We missed you. We love Dan Burfield and his art. Kevin and I both have some of his art. And uh, I'm sure a lot of viewers do as well because he's making you creations of repurposed, upcycled pinball art. I'm at pinball.com. I'm at pinball.com. Not only awesome shirts, but um, your LED one-stop shop destination. Go there. They've got everything. I'm going to trick out my... um, uh, Jungle Lord with some of their bendy kind of light bulbs. That's my uh, technical term. Uh, viewer actually showed me what he did with his Jungle Lord and made it look a lot better. So I'm going to do that because that's a dark machine. Pinballmix.com. Save 10%. Uh, I'm going to Easter egg when you use code Buffalo. Pinballmix.com will remix songs in your pinball machine. I mean, he had some uh, um, news about expanding to things like pin sound. Yeah, so he's, he just posted a new video of uh, a Van Halen mix he did for, what was the game? I can't remember the game. I remember the sound. The sound was really good. It's on YouTube. You can shadow. check it out. It was, yeah, it was the shadow. Yeah. Using yeah, pin go check, sound. Go, go, go check out. Yeah, go to Pinball Mix's uh, YouTube channel and check out the mix he did with uh, Van Halen on Shadow. So. And also, I, I, we're talking to Pinball Mix today, and I, you know, I've had my Metallica Collective Soul mix now for over a year, which is as to some people uh, but i'm just kind of amazed at how well mark did with that mix basically i just gave him i think 15 to 20 songs and let him let him work his magic right just just trust that he knows what he's doing because he will now not just play the song from the beginning he'll cut the song to where it's most appropriate to start he'll loop it perfectly you know the song that he has tied in for when uh sparky starts or um when the um lady justice ramps are going he played like the song heavy there you know like mm-hmm. all the weights i mean like he's just he do, he doesn't half-ass it man he he puts a lot of thought in and i have a hell of a lot of respect for it pinballmix.com well worth the money and then last but not least titan pinball titan pinball.com get your silicone rings get your uh pinball mats from titan.com uh, and, and and plenty of other things i've been hearing that their pinballs are good as well 
independent. By that, I mean the actual physical pinballs, not the pinball machines that people sometimes call pinballs. They're not. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again just as a PSA. <laughs> pinballs are the balls, not the machines. God bless you guys. Okay, Kevin, let's move on. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Um, and I've got some Titans on the way for uh, Guns N' Roses, so it's going to be looking good. Are you going to do a hot stream? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, nice. I mean, I've... An install I, stream? It, all it needs is... I think it's got Titans everywhere. It's got um, silicone rubbers oh. everywhere, except for the three big flippers, so that's what I'm getting. Okay, that's going to be a short stream. It's going to be a short stream, but it. then we'll get to play Guns N' Roses, which is what, it, what it's really go. all about, so... There you go. Yep. Uh, oh, I, I have one um, request from Goran. Um, he wants to know if you're proud of him. I can't imagine why I would be proud of him. Is there a reason? Uh, he just want, he, well, I said I was proud of him today, and he said you needed to be uh, proud of him as well. He needs that from you. I think there's times when I've told Goran I'm proud of him, but nothing recent comes to mind. So you got to earn that. Right? Okay. It's not just right. giving Goran. <laughs> it's got to be off. I know you're a Gen Z or whatever, but this is, <laughs> this is how things used to be. You have to, be, you have to earn it. You're not just given. All right, it's not candy. That's right. Well, like in Discord today, he got to first place in our, our Halloween game we got going. And I told him I was proud of him with a little animated gif. And he was like, oh, he felt really that's good adorable. about himself. There you go. That's, a, that's adorable. <laughs> until, until tomorrow. That's right. You have to just do it. You have to just break this cycle of making Goran feel good about himself every day. This is why you don't get into this stuff, Kevin. Yeah, He's going to be coming back to you for uh, more self-esteem. I know. But not well, me, because he knows that it's really in short supply for me. He really got what he not. wanted right here. So there you go. What more did he want? <laughs> A, a shout out on the podcast. Mission accomplished. There you Warren. go. Good job. You're the J-Fair brother of the viewers. <laughs> All right. Um, where's my... Uh, here we go. This is what we want. We're getting into news. Here's the tip. It's the latest so pinball news. Asked, um, Show uh, hunt. I, I, it's I, I on fire. Some questions in the chat. They asked if I have pins on location or everything's down. So everything's down right now. Essentially, the, the business is on hold due to COVID. Um, you know, it's been a rough year for that. Thankfully, this is not like my... Um, only source of income or anything like that's for fun. So I'm, you know, I can, I can manage. It still sucks, but um, it is what it is. So thanks for the question. Yeah. That's uh that's 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, tw- it's 2020, man, for sure. All right. I don't know if I have the right picture queued up here. I do. Uh, this is the latest pinball news and the top of the latest pinball news is the brand new guns and roses from Jersey Jack pinball uh, guns and roses. Not in this lifetime. Uh, we had the honor of doing the official reveal stream as well as an unboxing video. So if you are a subscriber of our YouTube channel, you can go check that out. If you're not, you can go subscribe. Or if you're watching this, you can go check that out. Um, They revealed three models. Uh, The standard edition, which is $67.50. That's $750 less than the the standard edition on uh, Wonka, but they've they've made some significant changes to kind of get the price down there. Um, the LE is 9,500, which is the same as Wonka, and um, the CE, which sold out 500 units, is $12,500. That's if you're looking at the pictures. The L, uh, the standard edition is in the back. The collector's edition is in the middle, and the limited edition is the one closest to the screen. The one that's slash is standing behind there. Um, looks great. Um, so I love the game. I I have the limited edition which is the one they, they shipped me. Uh, the cabinet art looks amazing. Um, the gameplay is really fun. Um, it's probably the most risk versus reward game I've ever played. And it, it like, I can feel my adrenaline get going up when I get these huge jackpots going. Cause I, uh, Monday when I streamed it, I got a uh, 20 plus million jackpot on a song and it was ridiculous. So it's like, it, it gets to a point in these songs where you're like, you can see that you have this jackpot built up and you're like, do I want to keep pushing it? Do I want to keep pushing it? Uh, or am I just going to cash it out when I saw it was over 
20 million points. I'm like, yep, I'm taking this. Got me up to my grand champ is just over 30 million now, um, which is, has been pretty ridiculous. So, um, what can I say? Let's show, I can show some pictures off. So, um, in the back, so the kind of the concept of the game is you're collecting all the band members at the start and then you're playing through songs and there's 21 songs, I believe in total. Each one has uh, unique rules as far as the things you need to shoot. Um, kind of the, the crux of how I approach it right now. And I don't, I'm sure this will evolve as I learn the game more is that, um, I want to play some of the, um, the booster multi-balls, which is lights, pyro, amp, and whatever the last one is. Let me see if I got another shot of the play field there where it shows those. Uh, I don't. Um, so there's four of them. Uh, oh, turn it up. No, that's amp. Never mind. Um, but anyways, you want to play those four as much as possible, as long as possible. Uh, and there's no ball save on there. They're just quick two-ball multi-balls. Um, you want to get those going. Um, those are going to boost your scoring, light more shots during your, your songs when you get there and really help you blow those up. The other thing you want to do before you get into a song, if you can, is lock as many balls as you can on that uh, slash guitar neck in the middle. So you're going to, uh, when you qualify a character, we collect them to play the song. That's going to open up your locks, uh, which lowers a diverter on the left ramp. You can shoot it up and then around to the right. You either Sometimes you can get a, a clean shot up there, or you can use the, the little flipper up there to backhand it. Um, and then you can lock up to six balls. If you lock all six balls, you can actually start the song by with the sixth ball you locked. Um, or otherwise you have to hit the scoop to start your song. And then when you get into the song, uh, it's party time. The, all the balls come out of multi-ball. Um, hopefully you've built up your ball save enough where you get to kind of work through some of the, some or most of the song while you're in multi-ball. And, um, that's where you really build up these huge jackpots. So during the songs, uh, there's going to be specific shots you need to hit that are uh, lit a certain color. You can look at the back screen, um, kind of like on all Jersey Jack games. It's uh, the secondary screen is where you get like the instant information about what you need to hit next. Um, so you look at those, uh, hit your shots, progress. Uh, it starts off with like three or four shots usually before you can uh, put it in the scoop. And you can either end the song and go back to out of song play and uh, collecting characters again. Or you can add a ball and push your luck and try to keep uh, pushing that jackpot up. So while you've got multi-ball going, if you hit the scoop when it's flashing green, then it'll just add another ball and, and you'll keep going. Once you're down to one ball is when you get the, the chance to either add a ball or cash out. So um, if, if she's, she's talking to me back there. Um, if, you, um, if you get to a song without um, locking any balls, you can, it'll just be a single ball song. Um, then you, uh, play it and then you, you could play like your, your first part of the song. And then that's when you get an add a ball. But when you get the add a ball, you're not going to get, um, you're not going to get ball saver. You can get, um, you can get ball saver for mystery sometimes during songs that'll keep it going a little bit. But, um, that's kind of the, the, the gist of, of the rules that kind of like the main rules. Um, yeah, the song, like, uh, like Goran said, it's really cool when you get to the, uh, songs, the light show is amazing. Uh, um, and Kiefer, when he was, he was on the reveal stream with us, he said they were actually at the concerts um, in Chicago, and he was inspired to be like, all right, we need to make this light sh the light shows that they do in the concert. We need to replicate that as close as possible uh, during the song, so uh, in the pinball machine. So that's really, you know, when he, he said, you know, when you see them play Live and Let Die, for example, at a concert, 
it, it's got the the same like hits and the, the green lights and things like that just like that so it really comes across as somebody who is a uh is a live music fan i've been going to concerts for years i've got records lining my my game room here it really kind of it struck me so i got to play this game for about a week before anybody else had seen it humble brag but um even in that during that time i was just getting time to to play it and experience myself and i had that moment when i was playing it and i was like this is very uh, like it felt very concert like and then i i told that to ken uh cromwell from jersey jack pinball their communications uh person and he's like oh well our tagline for the pinball machine is bring the concert home i was like well <laughs> you accomplished it it's uh it's as close as you're gonna get to a concert experience in a box but um it's so much more than a cool light show it's got like the the uh the rails on the side the the hot rails which light all the way up and down the uh pinball machine that replaced the the traditional rails on a pinball machine it's got awesome integration of the theme with the um like the the ramp here that i'm showing with the <laughs> that is made of actual drumsticks uh it's got the the fender base on the left which is it's so fun to like climb this three level uh, uh upper play field you hit the left ramp and then it can go you got like three options you can either hit the stand-up target there that's like the hit the lights shot you can backhand it into the lock shot onto the slash guitar or you can hit it up to the left and that goes up onto the bass ramp and it's really fun to kind of get it all the way up there and have it fall all the way back down um from there so that's how you qualify uh duff um what else what else do i want to talk about um it's got the slash is the the spinning uh record there uh axles in the back um, there's, oh, the, one of the other cool, uh, features of this is it has inserts. So inserts are like the, the areas of the play field that are lit. Um, inserts act as ball sensors. So instead of having to have a switch, it's just the insert and it can sense the ball, which is really cool. And so the piano area in the center of the play field here that you're seeing, um, that will, um, sense the ball for the keyboardists. And the the other place that's used is in the the skill shot. I don't know if I have a shot of the skill shot, uh, but the skill shot is kind of under these um, the drumsticks there. And there's five or six um, lights that you can roll over, and you want to hit just the one that's lit. Uh, think of it like Twilight Zone, except for instead of switches, it's the it's the lights. It's pretty cool. Um, so did I take these photos? No, um, these photos are courtesy of our friend at PinballPhotos.com. Um, he took these amazing promotional photos for Jersey Jack. So I am not this talented, nor do I have the uh, <laughs> camera equipment to take pictures of these awesome, this awesome. So shout out to Pinball Photos. You can check. He's got a full gallery of these photos on his, uh, on his site. So I don't, I don't understand. Maybe somebody in the chat can help me. That guitar says Fender on it. I thought Slash played uh, Gibson. Uh, so the, that's the bass. The, the Duff plays a Fender go. bass. And oh, slash. Would, I'm, surprised, yeah, I'm surprised they wouldn't have Slash's guitar on there. It is. That's the main. That's the main multi-ball lock in the middle, right next to his hat. Oh, that is that is that's uh, Slash's guitar in the middle. Yeah. So they. Oh, oh, there's. I see the bass there. Yeah. Don't mind me. Yeah. Don't mind me. I see that. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So that was one of the things. Like people who are really into music, they're like, I'm surprised Gibson and Fender are both on the same machine yeah. because I guess they're pretty pretty tough competitors. But you know, the power cool. of Guns and Roses here, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, and then you got the actual drumsticks that um, uh, Frank, their drummer, uses and things like that. So, um, really cool theme integration. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Hot rails. We talked about the rollover lights. 
Um, uh, there's some other modes in there too. So once you play like a song, if you play a song for like three minutes, uh, total time, you can qualify an album mode and an album mode you, you hit by, uh, hitting into the scoop and you can, um, it's like a little mini, uh, one single ball, um, wizard mode, mini wizard mode. They, but they're calling them album modes. Um, and there's some really cool ones. The, uh, um, Chinese democracy one is my favorite by far. It looks amazing. Really cool. I'm not going to spoil it. I want you guys to get there yourself. I did play it on stream Monday because I had, that was during that ridiculous game I was playing. Uh, and I did, I wanted to see how far I could go. So that really fun. Um, they're still working then on the desert demolition one. You can play it, but it, there's more animation and choreography that's on the way for that. Uh, but everything else is, is there and, and, and working well. The other one I tend to play a lot is, uh, user illusion one. Um, yeah. So that, that's the one where you're like firing the cannon into the wall. Pretty good stuff. Um, and then beyond that, there's the tour multi-ball, which I finally got to on Monday and slash a solo, which, uh, is a like a little quick mode. You got like a 99 second slash solo from their actual concert that you can, you need to like hit the, hit the record. Then you need to lock it on his guitar and then hit like the two shots that you need to hit to kind of cash that out. So that's it. And the ball doesn't stop slash keeps playing or the, the timer doesn't stop slash keeps playing. You got to get it done in that, that amount of time. It's pretty, pretty tough. Pretty cool. Uh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Sure if you have a sense mm -hmm. of like the level of depth of rules compared to the other Jersey Jack games, where does it, where does it fall in that spectrum? So it's not like the overwhelming crazy Jersey Jack rule set that kind of, they've come to be known for. I, I, I almost said it on stream the other day that it was the most approachable Jersey Jack, but I feel like dialed in is right there too. Dialed in is a very approachable game too. Right. But it's not yeah. like, it's not like Pirates or, or Hobbit or Waz where you're, you're like, what's going on here? There's like, it takes you a while or you got to have somebody explain what's happening or have a spotter while you're playing it. Uh, it's very straightforward, at least to understand the basics, right? Like collecting the band, starting a song. And the way they've structured it is um, as long as you're having an okay game, you're probably going to get to a song, um, at least by ball three, because it's going to spot you a character or two here or there. Um, and that's, you know, you want to have that experience. So it makes a really cool first impression for, uh, the first couple times you're stepping up. It's got very, very cool wow moments. Um, and then you, you stay, um, but then beyond that, it's got, well, there's the stuff like the patches where you can pull those in to give yourself power-ups and there's patch combos where if you put two of them together, so there's the, the ladies underwear you can, you can match up and then get double your bonus for the rest of the game. We figured that one out on stream. Uh, and I think Kyle Bassa is putting together a full like spreadsheet of all the combos and what they do. So if you want to dig deep, you can dig really deep, but in the meantime, there's still some really cool like stuff you can do, even if you're just kind of flipping around uh, and you want to have fun and have a cool moment. So I think it's going to have that great appeal on location. And it's also going to have the, the good, like, um, the, the, the longevity that you want in your home, right? Because this game, too, for me, like I typically play games at home for progress. I want to like see as far as how far I can get through Pirates or um, Jurassic Park. You know, I want to get to Escape Nublar or whatever. Um, this game I find myself playing for score, which is uh, a shift for me, for me playing at home. I typically only play for score when I play at tournaments or league or whatever. Um, so, but that that like, 
incentive of trying to cash out these huge song jackpots is just really fun and really cool. That seems reminiscent of uh, ACDC, where I feel like you're doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I like I've played ACDC a lot, but I don't like I don't know. It didn't it didn't like hit me as much like trying to push the the rule the songs. Well, you owned an ACDC, so maybe it's the difference of owning yeah, it. Yeah, I mean ACDC. I feel like ACDC. Um, a lot of times you're playing for score rather than getting through the game because you're trying to build up song jackpots mm-hmm. and just build it up and build it up and waiting to cash it cash it out with the cannon. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's that, true. The, yeah, yeah. Seems all about that. Yeah, I like what the this does that I really like is it's got that. It's really apparent what you're doing, and then like the the risk reward. It's like it's gonna give me an extra ball if I push this, so that's gonna make me kind of like try to push it. Like, oh, I get another ball. That it gives me a little bit of a safety net, but it really doesn't because there's no ball save on that. But it's like, do I get a two ball multi ball and keep trying for it, or do I cash it out and just take my money and run? Right. So um, I think I think there's a little more on the on the risk reward side here that kind of makes you want to keep pushing it if that makes sense so what was what was your impression of the game i know you watched some of the reveal stream and um yeah i found it i don't know if it's just me when i when i watch a a stream i struggle to get an impression of the game i mean i really really have to play a game and step up to it and see it in person before i can make like a sound judgment on it Mm -hmm. um it seems overwhelming in terms of the lights mm-hmm. so i i don't try candidly to lock on in terms of what's going on like the rules when you're talking about the rules now i just it, i'm not retaining it yeah just because i need to i need to be doing it and i need to start putting it together piece by piece so i just try to look at the package all together and i don't think you know when we stream you can even convey how leds really look mm-hmm. so you're in person so it's really hard for me to get a sense for this game more than maybe most games that I see a, a reveal on. So I'm just going to have to wait till I, uh, I, I play it to be yeah. honest. Yeah. It's, I get that too. Like I'm the same way. Like I was just watching, uh, Ben was just streaming Avengers and I'm really, I'm really curious about Avengers. I want to, I really want to play that game. Um, and I've watched a lot of streams about it, but like, I, I think unless somebody's like explicitly saying, this is what you need to do. This is what I'm doing the whole way through like I, it definitely do, I doesn't retain I, I don't retain it unless I really play it and even with that with that I think like I start to retain it more once I've played it at least a few times and then I hear somebody start to explain what you need to do yeah. so without having that hands-on experience it's really tough so and um, on, I, I can fall in love with a game sometimes from like you know the first couple games right, right. like how do the shots feel what are those other moments, right? Like I can definitely be dazzled by the presentation, which, you know, Jersey Jack pinballs have in spades. So um, I can't wait for that experience that I can only get from playing it in person and then playing it enough so that I can kind of do that analytical nerding out on the rules and seeing like what's really here in this game, right? Like after getting past all the kind of presentation glitzy stuff, which I know is going to impress at the heart of it how does the game shoot and you know what does it present rule rule wise is it interesting enough is it unique enough um that's what i look for and that you know that'll that'll take some time yeah so i'll have to when it's when it uh when this gets better i'll have to come to your house for about a weekend <laughs> crash there yeah you can come play. play heist and you can come play guns and roses right. and <laughs> cosmic I got a lot of work to do, Kevin. yeah you got some catching up to do it's been a while but that's the weird thing too like 
think about how many pinball machines that have we're so used to having all access to all the new games when they come out because you guys would buy them for your locations and then we'd go stream them and like i haven't played ninja turtles i haven't played avengers yeah. uh what else is i haven't played hot wheels i played rick and morty it's like all these games are there it's gonna be like this avalanche of games that that we get to play <laughs> Well, that's the that's the thing too, and and you and I haven't talked about this yet, and I'll talk about it, you know, in my segment about you know buying a new pinball machine. But the way my mind's been working is, I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to get a Guns N' Roses, and it has nothing to do with how good or or how much I like or how much I don't like the game, right? Like, I'm almost hoping I don't love it because I I don't want to buy the same games that you buy, right? Right, like right. especially because of what's happened because of COVID. I don't know what's going to happen with location pinball. Mm-hmm. So it does us no good for our community, our, our ourselves, if we're, you and I are buying the same games because we play each other's collections, right? So I try to buy things that are different. I didn't get a um, Jurassic Park because you got a Jurassic Park. So it was just, it wasn't, it was out of the question as far as I'm concerned. I'll get a Deadpool because, right? Like you, right. you don't have that, even though it's on location. So, right, right. My, you know, I, I've been slightly tempted for, and Avengers, I mean, I've got to play it or something. I, I, just out of character for me to take a risk on a game I've never played, unless it's just people that I totally respect are saying that this game is just super amazing. And, you know, I hear that after the honeymoon period is over kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's my diversify strategy within, you know, our friendship and the Buffalo Pinball Group, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, in the, that exactly like with uh, with – a Deadpool and, and Jurassic Park where you're like, you get this, I'll get that. And, or I had already had my, my Jurassic Park and you're like, oh, well, I'll get Deadpool because you don't have that and we can play each other's. And I yeah. never bought a Walking Dead, even though I love that game because you had it. And, I, you know, I was over there, you know, a couple times, you know, every, every other month to, to come to go and play it so I could get my fix there. So, you know, it, yeah, it does change a little bit with, with COVID and I am tempted more to buy games like, like Heist. I'm like, I'm going to take a shot on this game because I want something new to play during COVID. It, I can grab Cosmic Kart Racing and play that also online when when I want to get kind of a competitive fix. And when am I ever going to get to play this because there's a pandemic? So I and you know when it comes to like buying a new Stern, it's like it's tempting to kind of maybe grab a grab an Avengers and play it, and then if it doesn't it doesn't click with me for whatever reason you can sell it and get most of your money back. Right. Yeah. Um, and I also have the benefit of having a pretty much contactless, uh, drop off and, and install set up in my house versus yours. You're going to have to like have somebody over and help you get a game in the basement. And so that's like a whole nother level of things to, to worry about for you. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And I, and I made a post on Facebook, I think it was like last week and just saying how, how much COVID has taught me, how much pinball is like a social thing for me. Um, I've not played a lot of pinball. I haven't had a lot of interest in pinball um, just because I have not been able to go out and play in tournaments. I've not been able to get together with my friends. I'm not being able to get together and do the bro show. Um, it's pinball's not really a solo experience for me. Now, when I didn't know a lot of people, I would travel and play pinball by myself. I, I still love that. But, you know, as you mentioned, I've got a challenge of getting pinball machines in my basement. So it kind of, takes off the table getting pinball machines in and out until COVID's over um i i don't know man I, it it makes me really value uh, uh tournaments row show local get-togethers going to friends and playing pinball it is a super social thing for me yeah. very much so this is the one outlet i have you know doing doing a stream and at least connecting to um 
our, 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 our viewers that way and, and doing the podcast and staying in touch. Yeah, but, uh, this... I can't wait till things get back to normal so I can get that 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 sh- that social fix. Mm-hmm. I say this as an introvert too, so yeah, that's, <laughs> I know that's the power that's of pinball. It's saying a lot. Um, yeah, the the stream thing has been great. Like I've been, you know, keeping the streams going Monday nights, doing you know impromptu streams here and there. It's like at least we can kind of virtually hang out and play. Um, the the multimorphic multiplayer stuff has been cool because uh, that's been virtual like tournaments and like carl's got his his um streaming tournament coming up so there's there's some stuff happening as far as trying to fill that gap but it's never the same as getting together and doing it in person no it's not so all right um anything else on gnr i I think i think we pretty well covered it um i guess the the other cool thing is that i didn't really talk about is like the display and the assets and things like that so it's got um all this concert so it actually has more content than hobbit which is ridiculous. Hobbit is like four gigs. This is like six or something like that worth of concert footage from their Not In This Lifetime tour and uh, all the original album masters of their songs. So um, really, it's just like every everything you would want theme integration-wise from a music pin. I couldn't think of, of anything else you would want. Like you want the original master recordings. You want concert concert footage of the band. Maybe Maybe you would want like the original music videos instead of concert footage. I, I don't know, but it's just like a preference thing. But, um, and yeah, I just, it's got some original music in there from slash. Um, all the, you know, all, all their instruments are represented. It's even got little symbols on the pop bumpers. What the heck more do you want? People want, you know what I mean? It's got the lights that look like concert lights that pivot around and, and spotlight. It's really cool. It's a cool looking game. All right. So that brings us to the end of guns and roses. Let's move on to, um, the next update, which is Heist. So we were talking about Heist before. Heist got a software update uh, to uh, game version 8.1.0. Not a huge update, but what's really cool, uh, and I'm going to be streaming this on Monday, is they brought the Twitch integration that um, came out for Cosmic Kart Racing. There's now a Twitch integration for Heist. So um, some of the things, it's, it's, uh, this is like the the beta version of their Twitch integration. But what what on this game, what they're going to be able to do is you can do a blackout like you could on um, Cosmic Cart, which like turns the whole game off basically and says on the screen who blacked you out while you continue to play and try to figure out your progress. Um, you can send the police back and forth across the the play field, and you can send the ca- the money truck so you can collect cash to get the multi ball. You can also throw virtual cash on the screen through bits. So if you've seen me stream this game, um, when you hit these stand-up targets that you see with the cash on them, uh, money falls onto the screen. And now you're going to be able to like make cash, make it rain virtually on my pinball machine <laughs> by throwing bits in chat. It's going to be pretty cool. So it's good. again, it's a mix of paid and uh, free um, integra- uh, interaction, I should say, that you can do um, by using just like chat commands for i think the 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 blackout and the the cash on the on the play field are paid and the um the two trucks or the truck and the and the cop car are chat command ones so looking forward to trying that out i um, playing that with you guys on monday so come and come and uh try to mess me up or help me out by doing that um they also we also had a ranger in the ruins update so if you saw i streamed the reveal of that and um that's the cool um, Nick Baldridge game. It's a uh, it's a 
add-on game for the Cosmic Kart Racing Playfield, and um, he did a, a, a small update for that. I don't think it was a big, huge rules-wise one, but it's uh, cleaning it up, polishing it up a little bit more. Uh, I've had heist in there. I haven't dropped Cosmic Kart back in, but when I do, I will be checking that out. So uh, they're also going to – Jerry is planning another Cosmic Kart Racing uh, multiplayer night, so if you – are listening and you have cosmic car racing and you want to play i think we're going to aim to do it on a, either a friday or a saturday so um keep an eye out for that and and follow up and we can we can all play together it'll be a good time um all right so next uh we're going into ladies and gentlemen it's the elvira topper for elvira's house of horrors um we got a first look at it from zach at flipping out pinball uh, he did a little video about it, and I was checking it out. So he's he's the one modeling it here for us. Um, I know Nick, you you're, you you looked at the show notes and you saw the price, but it's a thousand dollars, thousand dollar topper for your Elvira's House of Horrors. So it looks like if you the went ultimate Richie Rich thing, man. Oh yeah, if you went to Home Depot and you looked at their uh, Halloween decorations, it probably looks <laughs> something like this. <laughs> You know, you know the the little gravestones you put in your front yard. You does it <laughs> fuck? Does it does it do anything? Well, wait for it. Yeah. you ready? Here. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, that, that's what it does. I think I'm ready. That's what it does. What? It just pops up, and it it opens like. So I was watching Pride Pinball stream this. Check him out on Twitch, Pride Pinball. Um, he was streaming the install of this on his game, and when the thing lifted up, I thought it was malfunctioning because that's like. <laughs> It lifts up like two inches. You can barely see Elvira. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> oh my dude! All this tells me that this Stern keeps on doing this and jacking up prices that people are buying it. Yeah, there's a lot oh, of totally. Gorns out there. Yeah, I mean, if you spent that much on a super le Elvira, you know you're getting this. Holy shit! Because you, you wanted the fifteen thousand dollar version with oh, a god. piece of her couch. I am, I am so super jealous. I can't. I, I just long for the day that I have the kind of money where I look at that and I say, "Fuck it, just put that uh little." Uh, Halloween decoration for uh, um, on top of my pinball machine was it a thousand? Yeah, who cares? You can get yourself an, a, an Xbox Series X and a PlayStation 5, or you could get this oh, top. God damn it, <laughs> you can buy a, a top line VR headset and go to different worlds and just blow your mind, or you can get a fucking piece of plastic that lifts halfway up and looks broken. Congratulations, <laughs> Jesus. So, there you go. But- god bless you, Stern. See, god, listen. I, I don't feel sorry for them, but you know, look, people are buying it. Yeah, they're doing it. It's it's working. Yeah, if people so, were buying it, they wouldn't do it. God, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I, I know people are listening to and watching who went out and bought it. I just explain it to me. Consider me stupid and say Nick's stupid. And he doesn't get it. Write me an email, like a serious email, not like I go fuck you, Nick. But like, <laughs> like here's why I, I I like this, or just sell me on it. Sell me on it. All right. Yep. I mean, listen, I I, I spend a thousand dollars on things, but for a fucking topper, I I, I don't get it. So <laughs> so help me, make a convincing <laughs> argument. I would love to see that. If your argument's really good, we'll read it on the next uh, month's podcast. How's yeah, that sound? I, I want that. And I'll be fair. I, I'll be as fair as possible. I want to see a good argument for a thousand dollar topper. This falls solidly in the not for us category. Yeah. I okay. God. <laughs> Sorry. that was a good i knew i knew nick would like that one that's why i had to throw that one in there um virtual expo took place this weekend uh did you watch any of it nick i uh, did not no that's not surprising at all i you know to be <laughs> honest yeah yeah i i didn't really know what was going on until it was going on kind of deal yeah maybe i saw some things in my feed but that's it yeah yeah i i popped in here and there it was cool like 
uh, you know, again, virtual stuff is never the same as the real thing, but it's, it's nice. They did basically four days worth of programming on, on Twitch, which is a huge feat and a lot of planning goes into that. And, you know, they coordinated stuff from all over the world. I, I tuned in while Ed Robertson was giving a, a tour of his arcade in the woods and he had a, a drone in the sky that flew down and went into his, his game room in, in the middle of nowhere. So I said, you're, you're looking good. He was looking good. So uh, cool to pull all that off. And uh, it was a fun kind of diversion for the weekend. He just knew, like, eh, let's see what's going on, see what's happening on, on Virtual Expo. So thanks to the guys for doing that. And may, maybe next year we'll get to not do it virtually and actually go in real life. That'd be fun. But um, not us really go, right? Well, I mean, if we wanted. But you, you go to Expo again? I would. If, you know, I feel like when everything opens back up, I'm going to want to, like, go to a bunch thing. of crap. Like, I, yeah. like, I want to I play pinball. I want to see people. I want to hang out. Um, okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we're going to go to, when things open up, we're definitely going to go to uh, a show, right? We're, oh, yeah. This is our, our bubble pinball thing. We try to go to a different show every year. Yeah. Right? Maybe in disc yeah. or something. That'd be fun. Yeah. I like it. That, uh, in uh, California, the, the Museum of Pinball looks awesome. Um, next item on our news is Celts is for sale. So this is the uh, Australian-made pinball machine from Haggis Pinball. They're, they're building these finally. It got a little delayed by COVID, but they're back in action. They're selling 200 of these. Um, the prices start at $5,250 US dollars and goes up from there depending on the uh, kits you want or the, the kind of add-ons and, and bling you want on your machine. Uh, you can also do cool stuff like get your name in the game. So they're doing some neat stuff. Uh, looking forward to seeing this. They have sledgehammer-tested play fields and uh, LCD screen embedded in the play fields. So some really cool stuff here from uh the guys at haggis pinball so check it out um they're gonna go quick i bet because uh you know super limited run so if you want it get in on it and uh i, I know some folks in discord have been talking about maybe grabbing one so nice. uh, looks good well good it's luck. a good start i mean uh you know spooky did 150 of their uh was america's most haunted yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. and that kind of they, they succeeded at that and that allowed them to move on to their next game, right? So right. they started off there with the limited, they made it work. So it, it can work for companies, and then some companies it doesn't work when you're like, so I sell 100 copies of Mafia, right? And right. you can't sell it. <laughs> exactly. So it's a good, I guess it's a good make or break number. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I didn't show pictures of the play field. We did a real uh, a full like breakdown of the, that game a few episodes ago. So if you want to go back on YouTube, you can check out some pictures of that uh, or just visit... Um, Pinball.com to, to check out more of it. Um, all right, the next thing we we're going to touch on is this story from Fox Business that was about coronavirus leading to a spike in pinball popularity. And this is going to like autoplay a bunch of crap, I bet. So let me let me pause this, uh, and we'll pop over to Firefox. Maybe maybe it's not going to. Maybe I maybe I put the kibosh on all that. So. Uh, it starts up. Pinball machines have become a popular pastime as more people look for non-conventional forms of at-home entertainment in the midst of the pandemic. So when this story came out, I saw it like a bazillion times all over Facebook and on Pinside and in uh, uh, like the fan groups and things like that. Uh, so the crux of it is um, in this paragraph here. It says, as the largest manufacturing pinball makers in the world, Stern Pinball has been a direct beneficiary of the upswing the chicago-based company has grown five-fold over the course of the pandemic with its current backlog at record levels and there's a quote from um board member and owner vice chairman and executive vice president of stern pinball inc dave peterson he says 
It's a challenge to entertain anybody when your options of going out have been removed. People quarantined at home are looking to entertain their families, and pinball is a terrific way to do that. Now our real challenge is the company is to scale up manufacturing to or in order to work off those backlogs and meet that demand. So I don't know what fivefold seemed like like impossible to me when I heard that. I don't know what your thought is on that. Like So I mean it's it's possible. You know, when I, I kind of put everything in perspective. I mean, number one, I'm guessing that they're selling less to operators, so you're losing some there. You know, we normally would buy pinball machines, but that's location pinball forget about it right now um but at the same accord like i look at my situation and i have more money in my savings account than i ever have in my entire life because i'm i'm not going on like a lot of trips and stuff that i normally would I and mean, it's amazing how much that's added up I and mean, there's other things in the mix that's contributed to that but i i have more money now than i i normally would or, or would have at this time so i've got to imagine that some people who had money saved up they were going to take their family on a vacation this was like the perfect kind of excuse to maybe get the first pinball machine or buy that other pinball machine. It's like, look, look, honey, we were going to spend X amount of money on vacation. Can't do that. Let's get a pinball machine this year. So I think there's a lot of people who have some, you know, ironically enough, right in the midst of a pandemic when there's plenty of people suffering, there's people who have been, whose jobs have been protected or insulated through being able to work remotely. You and I are, are, Examples of that, you've bought one pinball machine mm -hmm. uh, during the pandemic, right? Yep. Um, I, I think that there's enough people in that situation that it could very well be true uh, that pinball sales are up. I don't know about fivefold because yeah. uh, I'm sure some are down with locations, but I can definitely see people maybe getting their first machine or, or buying a machine when they normally wouldn't. I'm actually in a situation to buy a, a, a pinball machine, whereas maybe it would have taken another year or so um, of just feeling comfortable to, to buy one. So. Exactly. And, and it is ironically enough because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was Stern's take on this. They did a, um, an interview with Eric Minier and slash, uh, Eric's quoted in here too somewhere. Uh, so it talks about how they sold out 500 of their, um, collector's edition games and they're selling their, their other two models. And Eric kind of gave a similar take. He said, people are spending a lot more time at home and a lot of people are putting up their own home arcades. Uh, this is Jersey Jack pinball game designer, Eric, Eric Minier. People are buying a lot more arcades than they were in the past. So yeah, you're kind of like taking that experience that you used to go out for and bringing it home. Uh, if you have the means and that's, that's kind of the, it shows the, how this unfair this pandemic is. Cause some people are, have no job. They're, you know, they've been out spending all their savings. They're, they're really tapped out while other, others of us who are uh, lucky enough to have, steady jobs and able to work from home and, you know, kind of build up this, this savings and are able to splurge a little bit. So, yeah. And I, I guess when we went into the pandemic, my, my thought is, was this going to do a pinball, right? You know, cause I'm thinking what it was like 10, 12 years ago when the recession hit, how pinball was on the ropes, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not to say that we're not going to hit another recession. We don't know how things are going to shake out a year from now. And so the effects of COVID and all that, but I am, I'm at least happy to see some good news. Right, yeah. that that man, pinballs pinballs going strong. Who would have thought? Yeah, but I, I guess you know that kind of logic makes sense. What Eric was saying, what I was saying as well. Yeah, and I I think you know, like you said, people are maybe a little more willing to take a chance and buy a game that they've never played. Because for me, I would never do that. Right, like <laughs> I I if I'm gonna drop five to ten grand on a machine, I need to play it first. Sorry, I need to know if I love it. 
Uh, whereas like yeah. maybe now I'll, I'll take a risk and if I don't love it, I'll just move it on. But yeah, so it, it kind of changed everything. All right. All right. So, oh boy. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's time for this, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> classic Playfield reproduction reproductions has uh, announced a couple re- conversion kits. This is a new thing. If you know classic Playfield reproduction, they've been, as their name says, uh, they've been reproducing classic pinball Playfields. So if your old Playfield is worn out, uh, they will do runs of new versions of those. And uh, so they, they've brought in their horizons and started doing conversion kits. And uh, to quote them, they say, these are, kits are a perfect way to save those old trashed out pinball machines that are just too far gone for a restoration or a great way to add a custom game to your collection. Uh, as time goes by, we'll be adding new titles to this catalog. We have priced these kits to be affordable for everyone in the hobby. All of our products in these kits are made of the same high caliber, high end materials and are made f- using the same process as our standard line of products. No overlays for play fields. All products in these kits are new. So um, let's, uh, let's scroll down. So they've done two of these. And I know uh, m- most people in chat know what's coming. And Nick's seen these. But uh, the first one was ink. And you may see a theme developing here among these so far. There's only two, but there's definitely, uh, they're on a theme here. The first one is inked. And this is a conversion kit for our Harlem Globetrotters, a game that Nick Lane owns and uh, Rudy Sue owns. I'm sure both of you will be buying the inked conversion kit, which contains a new play field with uh, clear starburst inserts, one new mirror back glass, one new set of plastics, one new set of cabinet decals, one new apron decal, and one shooter gauge decal, Uh, three new spinner decal sets, 20 new target decals, one new topper. That means Gorn's going to definitely buy it. And a set of pin cards... Uh, and that's a registered trademark. So uh, we'll just, we'll just, oh, the price, by the way, it's on sale. Normally $2,799 on sale right now. Did you get restored to Harlem for that much? $2,499 US dollars. Um, So this is actually, this is a photo of a a singer. I forget her name, but she's. um, You have a, you have in the notes. Yeah. I've never heard of this person or this band, but I'm not. Okay, singer Alyssa White Gluz from band Arch Enemy. Yeah, so I didn't know that was like I just thought it was like a not a generic person, but I didn't know it was like a, a known, a quote unquote known person. Yeah, so sorry, all you uh, Arch Enemy fans. I, I'm not hip. <laughs> I watched a video of you, you. This would definitely be music for Nick Lane. If you not like, sure. is um, it screaming? Yeah. Oh yeah, the growling. Women, women, a woman screaming She's, and growling. Yeah, yeah. No, you thank love you. It. We're gonna we're gonna upgrade your uh, pinball mix <laughs> on Metallica to Arch Enemy. Yeah, I'm good. Um, so uh, we can just some of these are a little hot. So you know, viewer warning, uh, it, it's going to get hotter on the next one. But this is a uh, inked. So yeah, this middle of the play field here. It's a very this is just straight up tasteless stuff. <laughs> it's just bad. If you want a Wait, great, if you want zoom to, in, I can't see it, Kevin. No, I'm not zooming in. <laughs> I'm not zooming in. We're just going to scroll through these. If you want, you can go check them out yourself. Um, but there's like the apron decals and, and target. Oh, God. We can't look. Oh, my God. They're still there. Um, inked. Yeah. The side art. Uh, and there's a topper of just some girl um, that has like tribal art in front of her. Um, so there you go. That's inked. Let's go to. I mean, it's like, I guess they're catering to uh, the tattoo shops who 
want to advertise other people's art, and it can also do a conversion of uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Got it. Yeah. Nailed that market. <laughs> That's definitely you guys are great. Definitely in the market listen, they're going for. Listen, I listen. I, I don't care that they want to put, you know, quote unquote, sexy women on it or whatever. Like, that's fine. Whatever. Right. The, the sex appeal. I, I, I don't I don't care. Whatever. That's fine. I am more or less just thinking about the like, are you trying to sell a lot of these? You know, like, I'm just trying to think this is not not a theme that's going to sell a lot of conversion kits. Like you need to appeal to a larger audience who would actually who actually do this. This is a small, small audience of people. I'm speculating here. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's that's what's that's what's like that's what's confusing to me more and, than anything and harlem globetrotters like, that's a, a game business. everybody loves like people love that game yeah, they're not gonna that's correct convert yeah. that game yeah i don't know i don't know all right well i guess we got to show the other one now too oh, that's not it uh we got to go back over here yeah as as the girl geek said the um the playmate makes more sense like okay like you're basically updating you know updating the theme of that existing one right like you, it's yeah. it's a it's one to update the uh belly um playboy yeah you just update the playmate okay okay different art updated <laughs> convert okay that at least that at least makes sense it's just it's just it's along the lines of the same theme right like yeah fine fine that that's i mean if you have a belly playboy and you want to want to update it i mean i guess who have maybe a belly playboy still want it to be that playboy branding though like i i don't know yeah it's it this still makes some it still makes that at least makes some sense the harlem one and uh, no if playboy isn't slutty enough for you you got playmate and it's it's got the fuzzy handcuffs here she's got no pants on got uh, diamonds in there di- yeah god oh the play field on this one is horrendous let's go let's uh, move it let's go. see it oh god the lips, the lips are, they're offensive. Oh, they are, shit. They, it, it, this is terrible. Well, the lips just look, they're not offensive. It's just as offensive from like a, 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 a graphic designer perspective. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, that's, that's the offensive right, part. I'm not looking at that anymore. Playmate, like, um, yeah. Oh, God. It's just they, so bad. It's just so bad, the art. Like, it's just, <laughs> you can make a play field with like sexy women on or whatever, like, but like, not just this, this Photoshop shit. Like I'm offended by I'm offended oh, by it. it's just the poor quality. <laughs> the butt on the front of the Oh now we're just, talking, Kevin. Just look so... at that. Look at that and the <laughs> no. diamond. <laughs> the di- oh my god. Yep, in case you don't get the message. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's playmate. As Wolfman says, just go full XXX or go home. Like they're <laughs> right. just you're right, Wolfman. They're half assing it. Like no pun intended. <laughs> if you're gonna do this, just go all in. <laughs> My lord. All right. Well, that was... That, was, that, was, that says, makes my Bay, Baywatch look classy. That's right. You know, he, he just put the color oh, DMV There's a lot of Hasselhoff on Baywatch. He pretty much dominates that thing, so... Yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of bikini butts in that DMD, though, too. Yeah, well, I know not, it's Baywatch. Now you can I mean, see it in full color. The theme. That's right. Theme, theme integration. <laughs> theme integration. All right. So that's the end uh, of our news. Um, uh, we, can do some, we can do some game room updates. Um, yeah. So I got a Guns N' Roses. That was pretty cool. I unbox it. You can watch me unbox it on, on YouTube. 15,000 people have watched me take that out of a box, Nick. What do you think about that? People love taking shit out of a box. <laughs> More people Just have watched... make a channel taking the shit out of a box. Just start buying games, box it, put it in a box, out of the box. Yeah. And then I'm sorry it... I've ever taken a game out of a box and never hooked up cameras to, That's right. to document You're, that. It's a really... Doing it wrong. <laughs> it's a really missed opportunity for you. Um, so that was cool. The cool thing about that was like... So they shipped me the first one that ever left the factory 
and I hadn't seen any pictures of it or anything like that. So I got to take a brand new pinball machine out of the box that I had never seen before. So to have the opportunity to do that was really kind of a, like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So uh, do you, is it on loan still, or do you officially own it yet? Um, technically still on loan. So okay, I will officially own it eventually, though. Oh, all right. Mm. It's all cute. Right. It's staying. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There's yeah. uh, there's there's Kevin's verdict for mm -hmm. you. It's a keeper. Um, yeah, so I got Guns N' Roses. Uh, the other day I updated the code on Jurassic Park. I got, so everybody loves having the movies play when they play pinball so they can watch DVDs on their, their screen. Now I can do that. I can watch the same clips of, of the movie over and over uh, on my screen. Hallelujah, the game has transformed. It's so much more amazing now because it's got movie quotes in it, movie clips in it. Um, not really, but it's kind of cool. It's, it's a fun little thing to do just cause it's there. And, uh, um, shout out to the folks on Pinside who have been putting that together. What does? What's what that? Have? What do you have that does the movie clips? There's a code update. Like folks on Pinside have spliced together video clips and audio what clips game? from the movie on Jurassic Park. Oh. So it's got like the real movie oh. clips right. <laughs> and, and movie audio too, which is cool. I think the, the audio is a bigger, has a bigger impact for me cause I, on the call has to be so cheesy and the, the music was kind of like it was okay but it wasn't as good as something like their, their custom music on ghostbusters was really good and fit the theme very well and kind of hinted back to the original movie score um but this with like the actual like cinematic audio throughout it is really cool so so is that update would you say like it's a definitely recommend for jurassic park owners I would I would recommend at least the uh, audio upgrade. The, and if you're going to do it, you might as well get the video clips if you're liking it too. But I like the uh, actually really like the display art artwork they did for Jurassic Park. So that was kind of like whatever. I could take it or leave it, putting the movie clips in there. I like the the 3D animations they did for that. So what I did was so with this you have to use SD cards to update the code. So I kept one with just the audio update on it, and I have one with the audio and the video. So if I want to swap it, I can just pop the, the SD card out and, and make it audio only and go back to the other ones. Um, uh, what else have I been doing? A um, couple fixes. Because um, despite being the only one that plays my games, things still break. So I put the – this wasn't as much of a fix as a, like a preventative thing. I put the guard on the Black Pearl. Have, and you need to do this, Nick, before yours breaks. Uh, oh, shit. Um, there's a service update for Pirates where you get a little guard that goes. So when the upkicker kicks the ball up to the Black Pearl play field, it can hit the um, opto up there and smash it. So oh, how, you, how hard is So will JJP send this out for free? You just write to them or you something? You just pay for shipping. Yeah, it's like eight bucks for shipping. Um, and how is this a fix I can do uh, on my own during quarantine? <sighs> Man, it's, I don't know. I think you can do it. It's, right. it's, you right. don't have to lift the play field. You yeah. just pull it out into like the service position, right? Okay. Pull it straight out, and it's like like one or two screws on the top. You don't oh. have to take the pearl. Lucky off hasn't like happened that. yet, then. Yeah, okay, so cool. I would recommend okay. doing that. Um, um, and then my dialed-in trapdoor, I've been having some issues with, but I finally got that tweaked and, and working thanks to Ron Hallett of the Slam Tilt Podcast. I watched his video about uh, tweaking the the trapdoor on that, and finally got it. So what happened was. It had been working fine for years since I had it. And then one day it just stopped working and I opened it up and saw the screw had fallen out of the one coil. So when I put the screw back in, I hadn't like positioned the coil exactly where it hadn't been. There's like a bracket where the, the latch comes down and, and holds it. 
Um, so you have to get that just right. And to help that, there's this little tab you can bend over to kind of keep the the uh, plate that the coil pulls in, if that makes sense. Um, keep that in place where it needs to be so it has enough strength to pull that down, but hold it in place just enough. So uh, check that video out. It's on their YouTube channel, the Slam Tilt Podcast channel. And um, that'll help you out. And put a little Loctite on that screw if you got it out too. So that's what I did, and it's working good. Uh, oh, I also got, on the video game side, arcade side, I got, for my Neo Geo MVS, I got the Neo SD Pro, which is a flash cart that lets me put all sorts of games on the on the cabinet. So I've been playing some cool stuff that I haven't been able to play before, like um, Metal Slug 5 and um, what was I playing? Like NOM 1975, that's cool. And just checking out all sorts of neat stuff on there. So that's been a cool um, upgrade there. I sold some of my other carts and picked that up. Um, that was, here's some perspective. So we talked about the Jurassic Park, or the uh, um, the topper for Elvira, which is $1,000. This product was 600 plus shipping. And the video game community was losing their minds about how expensive it was. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bunch of rich kids hobby, huh? Right, which when you consider Neo Geo games themselves run like two to $300 per cart, uh, it's really not that expensive when you in the scope of collecting Neo Geo stuff, but in the scope of collecting video game stuff, it is very expensive. Again, it's more than like buying a PS5 or a Xbox Series X. Um, but I was like, I should introduce these people to pinball. They would lose their minds. Yeah, they would. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Exactly. So um, that's that's been it for my uh, game room updates. What have you been working on, Nick? Uh, well, like I said, I. I can't work on pinball machines, so I've got a couple of machines down. Both my Jersey Jack games are, are technically playable, but down. Um, I've got an upkicker problem on, like, the posts by the uh, chest on Pirates. Oh. Not going up, so that the game's arguably playable. But I don't – I'm, like, a purist. I will not play a game if there's a function of the game not working because I feel like no matter what score I get, everything's invalid, right? It yeah. just – I can't help but focus on the issue. That's, that's, a, that's a me problem. Mm-hmm. And then um, my trap door, I've had a lot of problems with it. Uh, right before COVID hit, uh, a local collector was trying to help me fix it because it's just giving me problems. And then COVID hit. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's down. Uh, my big buck hunter is down. So I've got games going down, but that's oh, why man. you have 14 games in your house, people, because you never know when a <laughs> pandemic's going to hit. That's right. You got to have right, We learned a good lesson here. That's right. I just shrug it off and I move on. I'll so. play one of my other 14 games. That's yeah. right. I'm going to have to have like a team of pinball techs come over by the time we emerge sometime in 2021 to, to get my games up and running. So. That Pirates post problem is probably just a loose screw under the play field. Or it Possibly. May, yeah. Gets, yeah. That I, happened on I, mine at one point. I can't. Like that's. that's yeah, because you can't lift your play ceiling, field up. I can't lift it up. I yeah. mean, yeah, some of these problems, it's not. I joke about having another adult fix things, but some, I, I, I wouldn't mind working out or trying it. Mm-hmm. I, just, I literally can't. Yeah. And I don't want to do a pulley system. I don't want to get a lifter i just it's easier for me just to kind of forget about it and just take a break from playing it the games will still be there when you know we're back to normal yeah i'm glad i can work on my games because i enjoy doing it and yeah it's it's a rare opportunity to like everything works (laughs) and like it can keep working because i'm not i'm not gonna host league for a while uh so when something goes down it's 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 a you know, sometimes it can take a little bit of time to get the parts you need, but um. no, you have the best. You have the best uh, pinball setup of anybody I know. Like in terms of just getting pinball games in and out, like it, it's perfect. And I think 
my collection would be different or my approach or interest would be a little bit different if I had like your setup, if mm -hmm. I can, even during COVID, be able to move games in and out without requiring somebody's help, being able to work on games. It would just be different, but um, maintenance on things drives me nuts. Like it's just a personality thing. Yeah. Like I just like, fuck, dude, I just want to play and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when it goes down, it's, it's, it's just, it's more of a headache just because I can't do anything with it. And it's easier for me to forget about it. There you go. Um, uh, any other game room updates? That, well, you got your like auxiliary game room you're in right now, right? Yeah, dude, I've been uh, I've been going crazy with like PC gaming. So I don't know if I I, I got a I mentioned it last time, but I've just got a total setup. I've been just playing PC games like crazy. Like after like 16 years of not playing like non. So I mean, I've been playing VR games on PC, but I didn't even have like a desk desk to play PC games. I had played console games like a scrub uh, during that period of time. <laughs> you know, I grew up on PC, man. I grew up on the PC in the 90s and remember playing the original Doom all the way to like 2004. And I just stopped because of life and other things. So I'm, I'm back to the master race <laughs> and uh, I've just wasted 16 years of my life. So I'm, I'm going I'm going at it hard, man. Uh, I've been playing this game Hunt Showdown, which is like one of my uh, all-time favorite games that I discovered a couple months ago. Uh, so if anybody plays that game on, on PC, hit me up on steam my name's vr gaming podcast we'll play so i love that game i'm always looking for people to play with so there you go that's 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 my game room update okay um with that oh i will say i do have, i have a playstation 5 on order too so that was one of the other things i did this month i was Are you able to, an xbox or just playstation just playstation for now i'm thinking xbox once halo hits probably okay i'm not gonna get a new console this is like the first xbox i'm not getting you're going straight up straight up con straight up pc from now on huh dude my like my uh my headphones that i bought and like the um back amp for the headphones and the my fancy mic was like the price of a new xbox series x <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, i'm 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 going nuts with like just the quality of this and just like i can't go back to console i'm, I'm done so the thing like i always like just so like i work on a computer all day and when I'm yeah. not working, I want to just like kick back on the couch with a controller on the big screen, not have to worry about updates or anything like that. Well, you still have to kind of worry about updates on consoles these days, but yeah. um, no, like there's no like, oh, I have to configure my controller, blah, blah, blah. So that's what keeps me going back to consoles. Like, I just want that. I want that separate experience. I want the, the different, different experience. Yeah. And I know we've had this conversation before. Um, and I was with you like a hundred percent. I mean, I would have, those are like words that have come out of my mouth and then just playing like certain games or like games that I would have played on the console and playing on this. Like I, I can't go back to using a controller anymore. Like ignorance was kind of bliss when I got used to it. Mm -hmm. I, and I can't go back to like 60 frames a second a game. I got to have like 144, oh, right? Like <laughs> I got to have like the best possible graphics out there. And I, I don't know, man, I, I just, I can't go back. I know this is not a, console pc show but for there's a lot of gamers here so yeah. Oh, yeah. you know we're you know what we're saying on the on we're, kevin and i are divided on the console pc we never used to be but now we are so there you go yeah yeah there you go <laughs> all right goddamn pandemic you know <laughs> that's right it's, <laughs> it's drawing lines between friends that's right. <laughs> that's right i thought i knew the guy and then he started playing yeah. on pc yeah <laughs> all right so uh that brings us to our uh final wrap-up finale grand finale segment of this podcast it's the nick lane new in box pinball experience so here we go here uh, we go ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna get my popcorn out and uh nick's gonna take the take the lead on this and well, i'll, I'll uh, jump in here and there yeah yeah yeah. i'm gonna take the lead you're like the moderator yeah, yeah. right you're gonna keep this on the rails mm -hmm. and 
Uh, Kevin saw the notes I typed up for this, so it's not my usual off-the-cuff rant, per se. I try to give myself some rails to go on, but but it would probably go into some kind of profanity lace tirade <laughs> at some point because this is an emotional issue for me. Um, and this is going to be highlighted on, on YouTube. We're going to clip this because I think this is an important conversation. Uh, and it's probably going to have a clickbaity title like, watch this before you buy a new pinball machine. Uh, but this is something that Kevin and I have talked about. Oh, I've talked about wanting to do a video on this since probably February um, of, uh, of, of 2020. I'll also say that if things get better, like we, we will provide an update to this video, right? If things get better. And the goal of this channel and, and streaming is always to help people in the pinball hobby. I mean, that is the 100% main motivation uh, for doing this. And this is what this is geared towards. So I'll, I'll start off just by saying that this comes from somebody myself who has over 10 years of pinball buying experience. Um, I've been buying new inbox pinball machines for, for 10 years now. And every single new inbox pinball machine that I've bought um, have had issues out of the box. I've, I've bought six new inbox Stern games and two Jersey Jack machines. And the major catalyst for why we're doing this video now is because of the chipping playfield issue. And this is an issue that Stern Games have and Jersey Jack Machine have. So I was on Pinside earlier. There's a thread from well over a year ago that's current. It has over 6,000 po uh, posts on this. This is, a big, this is a big deal that's affecting a lot of people. I will say I've seen this on uh, Spooky Games as well. Okay, thank yeah. you. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, all right, perfect. And, you know, in talking about, the, I mentioned on the, the thread, I'm going to talk about this today. People are like, that's great. Um, but I hope you're going to talk about not just bash Stern or be anti-Stern. You know, we know that Jersey Jack's a sponsor. It's like, look, look, look. Yeah, yes, they're a sponsor. I'm not going to lie about this or, or just, I'm not, I'm not here to slam Stern. I'm here to, to help new buyers. I'm here to raise the awareness. I mean, that's my goal of, whole, of, of all this is to set realistic expectations to somebody who might be buying uh, their first new inbox pinball machine because we get questions quite a bit. In fact, this week, somebody asked us questions about buying, emailed us and buying a new pinball machine. So number one is helping people, right? Setting expectations, what I've learned in the last 10 years. Number two is trying to use the platform that, that we have with our podcast and, and stream really elevate this issue and hopefully enact some change um, from both Jersey Jack and Stern. So um, this might lean a little bit more Stern, but it's not because I'm anti-Stern. In fact, I've bought more Stern pinball machines than Jersey Jack pinball machines. I bought six from my personal collection in the last 10 years. Uh, I've My business that I'm in with other partners, we've bought, I think, over 10. So that's a lot of Stern pinball machines. And as a matter of fact, I've entertained the idea of buying Avengers, as I talked about earlier in the podcast. Uh, with Kevin. And if you're watching on YouTube, this is in podcast format. It's done live. So we don't have uh, fancy, fancy uh, um, video editing right now. So it's going to be off the cuff. How am I doing so far? I'm on the rails, Kevin. You're doing it. You're setting the stage. All right. So this is, this is, this is a, a, a big deal. I am not buying a new inbox pinball machine until the issues are fixed. I'm not buying a Jersey Jack pinball machine until they fix that issue. And I'm not buying a Stern pinball machine until they fix that issue. So who knows, Kevin, I'm going to get a new, new inbox pinball machine, which is, which is unfortunate. I hate to say that. Um, this, is, this definitely affects the hobby significantly for me. Um, 
let's see. And I and, and before I start getting into what the heart of this is, I, I just want to say I, I'm sure no one from either company is going to come on the podcast, but uh, happy to invite a rep from Jersey Jack or Stern to to talk about the issue and what they're doing to address it. Right? I mean, it could be a positive PR move. I'm guessing nobody will take us up on that, but you're more than welcome to come on and talk about that with us. Okay? Because I'm interested in, in, in seeing this get better because I want to buy more pinball machines. I'm a, I'm a Jersey Jack fan and I'm a Stern fan. I love the, I love the design teams. I love the games. I just want to see it get better. These things are expensive. It's a lot of money for me and I, I don't want to be disappointed. So what are we talking about here? Um, uh, this is the, the heart of it is the, this cracking or, or chipping of the play field. Um, People have been posting for a couple of years now on Jersey Jack releases and Stern releases that, especially by the posts, uh, the, the actual play field is cracking and chipping to the point where not only is the clear coming off the play field, but the art is coming off as well. To me, the play field art, you know, when the, the, the art actually cracks and peels off the play field is probably the worst thing that can happen to a machine because it is incredibly hard to, to fix. Right, you can have a pinball machine where you get it out of the box and uh, the flippers are broken. Well, that that sucks. Don't get me wrong, but it's something that can be fixed relatively easy, relatively painlessly, relatively inexpensively. Um, you have a switch that's not adjusted. You can fix that as well. Uh, fixing a playfield that's cracked or chipped is not easy whatsoever. Uh, I've I've talked to some collectors who have done playfield swaps. Kim and I talked to them today. I've asked um, our, our Discord. I posted on Pinside. And the general consensus is on, a, like, just Stern, for example. I imagine a Jersey Jack machine would take even longer because they actually have boys on them and stuff, and they're actually packed. Uh, a Stern pinball machine has been estimated 20 to 30 hours. Now, now somebody might be listening on here who, who does a, a swap, you know, every week. Might be able to get that down but you know somebody that i've talked to and feedback 20 to 30 hours and that's somebody who knows how to do that you have to have a rotisserie you have to have the tools it's a 20 to 30 hour time fix or if you're going to pay somebody to do it the estimate from somebody local would be 500 to 750 dollars other people have said a thousand dollars so not an easy fix versus other things i also want to differentiate that um, a lot of times we hear people have issues with dimples in playfield dimpling is when um, you could see like little craters in the uh, clear coat of the play field. It almost looks like a golf ball kind of size, little divot all over the play field. And that's because the, uh, you know, there's a, a, a steel ball rolling over the play field and it will create a kind of little divot and crater. That's, that's something I noticed when I first got a pinball machine and you'll notice it immediately because you'll just start seeing these, 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 these dimples. But over time, you'll get so many dimples that the play field will sort of look flat again. Um, I just want to differentiate that. That to me is not a major issue in my book. I understand that somebody who, who doesn't want to see the dimples there or, or is upset with it. I get it legitimate to be upset. If somebody says, do you want a dimple play field or non-dimpled? I'm always going to say the non-dimpled, but that's not a major issue to me where I'm, I'm asking Stern or, or Jersey Jack to correct it. I can, I can live with that because the art is still there. And a lot of times you can't even see the dimples over time. And a lot of times you have to be the right lighting conditions. Not a, it's not a big deal, right. at least to me. I will All say right. too that I have uh, like my so my Adams family is clear coated, so that that's looking good. But I have the original um, Diamond Play Playfield on uh, Doctor Who down there, and it's got dimpling on it. So yeah, 
for the people who are like, Bally Williams games never dimpled. No, they did. Maybe not as much. Maybe the clear coat was better back then, but they, they still did. You, or they just have so many dimples on it that it, it doesn't look as pronounced. I mean, when you right. first get a machine, like your first 100 games, it's going to be super pronounced, the mm-hmm. dimples. Yeah. You're going to notice them. And then the next 100, a little bit less, and a little bit less, and a little bit less. Right. Uh, and then you have to like really go looking for them at that point. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to say. Um, so I, I, I think I did a good job of, of kind of highlighting the problem. You know, art is very important on a play field, removing the art. And that's a big deal. And it's happening quickly. I mean, this is not something that's happening, you know, over years. It's happening right out of the gate. Um, mine happened. I'll talk about my specific issue, but mine happened on my Deadpool after less than 200 games is when I, I, I started noticing it. So it could have happened sooner. Um, this is something that is new as well. Um, it seems to be something that's developed over the last few years. And it's something that continued. So, you know, Stern's newest game at the time of this recording is Avengers. And it's it's cracking and shipping on Avengers. You see, we're seeing pooling issues. Pooling, how would you describe pooling, Kevin? Uh, it's like, think of it like um, you put the, the playfield post and you, you screw it down onto the playfield. And then just the, the clear kind of bubbles up around the post a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look good. There's there's the, you know, the, the aesthetics. Um, and the issue of pooling is that the fear that it's going to start cracking and the art's going to pull off the play field. Um, I saw the, my, the first Avengers cracking when Mike Castleman uh, posted, I think it was on Pinball Enthusiasts on Facebook. He showed his Avengers and it just chipped right off. He's like, this is three games. Yeah. Um, and that's disappointing because this problem has been going on release after release. It's not like when, you remember when Stern switched from um, printing right in the cabinet the art to having uh, decals? Like when they did that switch, I think one of the first games was Transformers and the decals started peeling mm-hmm. and that sucks, but yeah. it's, it's somewhat understandable because they're going to something new and they made a mistake and now it ha- really hasn't happened again. It's been better. Right. The problem with the, 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 the chipping issue is that it's happening title after title after title, you know, and it didn't happen in games that I'm aware of in the nineties. You're not seeing this on, I, I don't see this on Bally's. Williams from the 90s. I don't see it on older Sterns from the 2000s. It's just this, this recent issue. And I'm not going to get into why it's happening. I don't care why it's happening. That's not a consumer problem. I, I care about the companies fixing it. So who cares why it's happening? It, it just needs to be fixed. It's not for the consumer to solve that problem, is my point. So, um, and, and Stern knows, I'm, I'm going to pick on Stern in this case um, a little bit. Stern must know that there's a problem because um, do you have my picture, Kevin, of, of Sopranos? Yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to give a, a specific example. If you can, some of these things might be out of order. Uh, right here. There's there. Sopranos. There's. There's. Okay. There's Sopranos. So you see on, on this picture, this is a metal, uh, a wire guide, right? A ball guide, and where it goes into that playfield, there's a washer around it. All right. And in front of that is that that kind of blue thick padding post. Now the ball hits that a lot. And if that uh, washer wasn't there, the kind of screw uh, or the metal piece that goes in the play field will be banging against the um, play field and the clear coat and it would eventually cause chipping or damage. So this is a game, Sopranos came out in 2005. Stern must have known that this is the way you protect a play field because they did it at the time. Um, the issue is they're, they're not doing that. So my Deadpool, which will we can show a picture, Kev. You, yeah. you got the Deadpool, yeah, right there. 
Okay, so you can see on here, um, this is the same kind of exact same kind of setup as Soprano. So you see that there's a washer that that's something I added after I noticed the damage after about 200 plays. Um, I noticed that the clear was starting to chip there. And I said, well, Jesus Christ, this, this isn't good. I looked up wh why it was happening and realized that it's because no washer on this game. So I was able to, to mitigate some of the damage by putting a washer there. Hopefully it doesn't get worse, but you can see that it's down to the bare wood there, which is incredibly frustrating when you spend over $5,000 on a new game. And this could have been uh, easily prevented with, you know, a one set washer. But for whatever reason, CERN, who, who, who knows this can happen, chose not to do this. And what makes it even worse is um, Deadpool came out. Um, I got this game uh, in November of 2019. So Deadpool, they've been manufacturing Deadpools for uh, a year. It's not like the first batches they didn't put it on. They've known about this problem. This is a widespread problem. This, if you have a Deadpool, all right, this is happening to your game. It just is, and you know, Cliffy goes so far as to make a protector for it now. Which who wants to put a protector on a game? It just it, you're covering up the art. Um, so that's frustrating in and of itself. Because in some ways, I did the right thing by waiting a year for them. You know, I wasn't the beta tester. I let like the first round of problems possibly happen. They still didn't care. They're still manufacturing the game that way. Um, I, I think that's what what really upsets me and sets me off. Now. We'll get into some of the what I call stupid defenses of, of, of this issue. Inevitably, if you go to Facebook or, or Pinside and this discussion comes up, most people, rightfully so, are upset about it. They say it's unacceptable. But you always get kind of the uh, uh, um, apologists for either Stern or, or Jersey Jack for this issue. Some of the um, stupid things that I hear in my mind is it's normal, right? It's just it's normal wear and tear. First of all, it's not. Look at games um, from the 90s. That's not normal wear and tear. Yes, games from the 90s have wear on it in certain areas, like the, the shooter lane, but that's not uh, the play field art coming off of it. Yes, if you look at a scoop, they have some wear on it, but that's literally just digging through the wood because that um, ball's gone through there 100 times, and you can put a cliffy there. The actual separation of the art from the play field, that's, that's a new problem. So that's, that's not normal. And... I can tell you why it's not normal. And I know that Stern knows it's not normal and, and must be Jersey Jack for that matter because Stern will send out um, a blank play field to you if you complain to them. Do you think that if, if Stern thought this was normal, they would send out a blank play field? No, they would say, hey, that's a normal part. That happens on our product. They, they, don't, they don't say that, though. So they know it's an issue. Um, they know that you have a valid problem, and their remedy is to send out a play field, a blank one. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about how that's a kind of an unacceptable solution. This in my book. Um, hey, we're getting that to my notes. There we go. How this flowing along. <laughs> you set it all up. All right. They'll send out. They'll send you. Uh, so another uh, defense is, hey, look, if you have a problem, they'll just send you a replacement playfield. And we talked about first of all the cost and time. It's it's a twenty to thirty hour project if you have the capability to do it. Congratulations, you just spend over five thousand dollars for a new game. Oh, you've got an issue? Hey, put that playfield in there. Problem solved, right? Problem, problem solved, you got a play field. Well, now you've got to spend 20 to 30 hours every time just getting the game to look like how it should have been looking out of the box. Or you can pay somebody $1,000 to do it, move around a 250-pound uh, pinball machine and wait several weeks to play it. That's, that's, that's not a solution. That's, that's offloading the problem to the consumer rather than taking responsibility um, as a manufacturer for that problem. So... 
when I first, uh, I'll, I'll get to why the blank play field isn't a fix. Actually, let me, I'll jump into that. Um, the blank play field is not a fix in my book because um, there's a reason that people buy a new pinball machine rather than a used. So I could have bought a new, I could have bought a used Deadpool and I probably would have saved $500 by doing so. Might have come up with some mods. I could have looked over it and seen if there's any existing issues with it, right? And, and passed up the opportunity. No, I, 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 and, and my business owns two uh, Deadpool, so I could have yanked one from location or offer my business owners, uh, business partners to buy that one. But I didn't because I wanted kind of a, a perfect example of a Deadpool. I wanted a Deadpool that's not going to have thousands of plays on it, one that I'm only playing or, or, or friends or league nights, right? One that I can control by taking proper care of it, by, by cleaning it and waxing it. Um, so that's why a lot of us buy new. And the problem is um, these new games are often worse than a used one. Let somebody else be the test subject and buy a, uh, a new inbox game. You go and buy a used one. But that's not good for anybody. That's not good for Stern if suddenly all these buyers go and they start buying used games because there's less new games being sold. That's, that's a problem. So that's not the real solution to this. Um, there's, there's also kind of, I'll call it the peace of mind fallacy of sending a, a blank play field that's not populated. When I had an issue with my first game, Iron Man, 10 years ago, and you'll see the horrific pictures soon enough, um, I had to get Chris Marquette to come out from Coin Taker. He was passing through Buffalo. He looked at it. He had to verify. It was like a fight with Stern, right? Eventually, Stern sent me a blank play field. And after that fight, I felt like I won. So I've got this blank play field. I even went to get it clear coded a second time. Right, this is my first pinball machine as my baby. Well, yeah, it gave me peace of mind that I had this playfield that if my issues with the Iron Man playfield got worse, I can just pop it in there. But again, I went back to the realization that's going to take 20, 30 hours. I don't have the skills to do it, so I'll have to pay somebody $1,000. Why do I have to do that? Why is the problem offloaded to me? So a blank playfield doesn't really solve the problem for most of us unless you just love doing playfield swaps, then my God, just go buy new inbox playfields, complain, and you can be swapping games out left and right, or you can do mine for free. No, the choice is yours. Um, you're, 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 the, the other things uh, um, that people will say in defense of the cracking is, you're lucky Stern is sending out a new playfield. Am, am I? I just wanted a game that, that worked. I didn't want to be doing a, 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 a playfield swap. Um, the ideal thing that when I reached out to Stern about my Deadpool was I was upset. I'm worried that this problem is going to get worse. It might not seem like a big deal now. We don't know what's going to happen over time. I would like a populated play field, right? Not a blank one, a populated one, so I can swap it out. But even that's not, even that's disappointing. I don't want to go through the hassle of even swapping that out. It's far easier, right? Probably can be done in half an hour. I just want to play the damn thing. That's why I bought new again. So I can just enjoy it and not deal with problem. I don't want to put together my pinball machine. Yeah, do you want to jump in on any commentary questions? How am I doing? Yeah, well, the um, the girl geeky made a good point, and I thought of this earlier. It's like, yeah, they send you a new play field, but is the play field any different than the one that's already in there? Or are you going to spend all this time and effort putting it in and have yeah. the same issues with it? I mean, you could get it clear-coded again and then finally put it in. But, again, that's more yeah, I Yeah, mean. I mean, that's that's a really good question. There's There's... Where is the guarantee? Why is this play field differently? There's some things that I could do is like, you know, put a washer in the get-go, but right. I've seen pictures of Deadpool where there's other areas that are chipping. So it's not just that, not just that area. Right. Right. That's a, that's a great point. So again, it's not, that's not a real solution necessarily. Um, what other excuses do we have? 
Oh, so this I got into a fight a couple months ago with, with somebody online who was just like the biggest defender of of a company sending out a faulty product. You gotta love him. You think he'd work from one of these companies? Uh these people. He says something to the effect: Oh, these people just complain and they get their blank playfield and then they just sell it. Yeah, yeah, maybe they do sell it. You know why? Because I'm not gonna spend. I don't have the the capacity to swap it out, and I'm not gonna pay somebody a thousand dollars. So you know what I'm gonna do with that fucking Deadpool uh, playfield? I'll probably sell it so I at least get a few hundred dollars for my broken game. But here's the thing. My motivation is not to complain so I can sell it. I just want a game that isn't chipped. If I wanted to save money, I would have bought use and saved $500. I would have saved more than I would have gotten from selling a playfield. Do you, do you see the, 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 the scenario here? This is not some scam. This is, this is bullshit. All right. There we go. Am I getting sufficiently fired <laughs> there up? There you go. Now you're doing it. Oh God! All right, I got. I'm out of water already. Oh man! All right, uh, another one. This is a good one. This is, this is probably the best part right here. Is is the 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 defense of this? This is really what gets me going. Oh yeah. Um. Somebody said uh, this is uh another defense, another stupid defense of of cracking. Why you know we shouldn't be upset about cracking. This is a commercial machine. It's a commercial machine, right, Kevin? We're so- we're, we're home consumers just buying a commercial machine. First of all, why the fuck should a commercial machine fall apart? Like. Is that is that a thing in the business? Like you you know you sell a a, a printer to an office and it breaks. You're like ah, oh, it's a commercial machine. You know if it was for your home, it would work. But aren't more home, aren't most home. commercial products more robust than products you would have in your home generally? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. yeah. So that's why it's a stupid defense. Second of all, Cern is now a lifestyle brand, and and Jersey Jack selling to the home market as well. The home market is huge and booming. So that that that's just bullshit. That's just that, that's just one of the worst defenses ever. Um, and then last but not least, I want to thank somebody on Pinside for reminding me of this one today. Uh, the other defense, it doesn't affect gameplay. I don't complain about, you know, dimples and these minor issues because it doesn't affect gameplay. Now, we already talked about the, uh, dimples and stuff. Talking about the play field art separating. So if you're going to say that everything is okay that falls apart in a pinball machine so long it doesn't affect um, gameplay, that means the cabinet can be damaged. The trans light can fall apart and be scraped up. The animations on the screen can be all janky and hard to see. But as long as it flips and it plays, Stern can just do their worst. That's bullshit. I mean, that's that's one of the worst things. And, and clearly, whoever says this doesn't really think about uh, doesn't really think this through. Yes, God bless you. Seriously, God bless you. You're better uh, uh, a person than me if uh, you can tolerate these, these your $5,000 plus machine falling apart on art, which these artists spend all this time working on. Because sometimes, honest to God, art sells these machines, right? We talk about art and how part of the art package is, and it pulls off. Yeah, of course it's important to people. Of course, you don't want to spend that kind of money and, and see it pull off. If it's falling apart, also, you got to ask yourself this. Is if it's falling apart after uh, 100 games, 200 games, or three plays like Mike Castleman's, uh, what does that say for the game lasting 10 years? You know, I buy these games new for my private collection because I want to keep it for a long time, maybe decades. I don't know. I don't want it falling apart, though. It shouldn't fall apart because it is a commercial machine that should be able to stand up to so much abuse in public that my game, which I might only play a few hundred times a year, here is shit better not have any issue. So here's a counter, here, a counterpoint, sort Good. of a counterpoint. I like this. this is why I'm, like, so I'm glad you're here. You're, you're taking a steel ball and smashing it around on a wooden play field. Eventually, things are going to wear out. What, what we in NS Pinball made this point in chat. What's a reasonable number of plays, amount of time to start to see wear and tear? It's going to happen. It's a physical game. 
you know, anything you do physically, I drive my car off the lot and I get a chip in the paint. It's a, it's a result of you having used the product, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. So that's probably the, that's a really good defense. That's like a a kind of steel man argument against it. Okay. But let's talk about that. First of all, they've been clear coding play fields for 30 years now, nearly 30 years. And this is a recent phenomenon of the shipping issue where again, the clear and the art on the game has just skipped right off. All right, so we, we know that games can be made in a way that that doesn't happen. We know certain other things about things. If there's a scoop that's unprotected, eventually the wood will start wearing away, like the, the actual entire wood, um, but it doesn't chip necessarily. Mm-hmm. The, the chipping is a bigger problem. We know certain things wear and tear on a pinball machine. You know, you have to rebuild your flippers. You got to change the rubbers. These are things that are acceptable wear and tear. Again, if you're if if the flippers uh, start wearing and tearing, if the rubbers fall off, Stern is not going to necessarily re- replace that, right? Right. They're, they're, that's that's normally accepted. Stern has come out and said dimples are normal. All right, so they're not going to replace that. We know what's defined as normal wear and tear. The chipping isn't by virtue of Stern. By virtue of what I just said with the the you know decades of pinball machines not shipping we know that that's preventable and also the fact that stern will send out another play field if you have this issue so that's it's they're acknowledging that it's a defect they, they just are they haven't come out and said that's normal we consider this normal wear and tear now after this video maybe that's be their stance instead of fixing the problem which they've just lost a lot of buyers but that's not normal wear and tear so that's how i'd answer it you buy that kev yeah no that makes that's sense yeah because well and there's you know, you said you didn't want to like get into solving the problem or why this is happening. Like, but the, the speculation and I saw like zombie Eddie post on Facebook about this where it's like, yeah, the chemicals in these play fields have changed over the years due to regulations. You can't put the same, you know, toxic chemicals on a play field that you used to be able to for the, the health and safety of the, of the people producing the play fields. So it used to be, it used to be a problem or it used to not be a problem. Then it was a problem. I think, I think the, the biggest problem is like, they know it's a problem. They're not acknowledging it, even though there might be as easy of a, a fix as like a two cent washer under a rail that we know will help prevent this. Right. Correct. Correct. So I am a hundred percent confident. I think this is something that most people would agree to that. If this was a priority for Stern and Jersey Jack, right, this was really important to them. They could solve it. We're seeing other pinball manufacturers come in and they acknowledge the problem, right? They're looking at the market. This is this is one thing that as much as I make fun of Deep Root and for the crazy, stupid things that they do, they at least, this is one thing they listen to and they're trying to solve, right? So other manufacturers are looking at it and saying, yes, we hear that this is a problem and here's our, our solution to it. So this is not this, this trying to send something into space, right? Like this is just preventing a play field from cracking. Yes, maybe things have changed in terms of um, regulations, include like the clearance stuff. I don't, I don't care. That's not a consumer problem. Um, I am confident that if this is important enough to the pinball manufacturers that they're feeling a, a pain from lack of sales or whatever, that they would address it and they would fix it. Like you said, Kevin, the, the solution for this might just be washers, right? And and that we've, we've seen that 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 solutions. My my chipping has essentially stopped when I put a washer in there. My chipping would have ha- would not have happened there if there was a washer there. So I, I think that there's a, maybe a more elegant solution in terms of maybe the way they rethink what we do with play fields or how play fields are made. But at the minimum, 
just throwing some washers there. And that's not something that the consumer should have to do. Oh, we recommend you put washers in. Like, no, you know, it's hard to get, like, just putting that washer in where the Deadpool is took probably a half an hour of just taking things apart. It's not an easy thing to do. It's easy when you're at the factory and just putting washers there and, and ensuring that you've looked at all the points on the, on the play field where um, this could be an issue. Yeah, and, and dealing with it that way. That's was, one thing. I mean, yeah. the pooling seems to be another issue potentially. Maybe wash. I think washes would solve that as well. Um, but but yeah, this is a problem that can be solved. I was looking at so before the show, I was going through my games and kind of looking at the rails, the the ball guides, like where you have that issue on Deadpool, and on Tron, they actually have the the guide kind of like it screws into the playfield. There's a little piece that comes out, and then it it like curves up, and like where the rail is on the play field. It doesn't even touch the play field. It's like off the play field. So there's no chance that it's going to dig in and, and chip the, the clear coat. So maybe, maybe the clear coat really hasn't changed in the past 10 years or so. They've just maybe for whatever cost cutting measures, or maybe there's certain instances where you're trying to fit more stuff in. And as a result, you can't do that little bend anymore. I don't know. I'm not a play field designer, but um, they've made some sacrifices to, either cut costs or, or make things work differently where it's, it's putting that rail right on the, on the play field. And then that's digging in like that when it, it never used to. Yeah. I would argue that it's more costly for them to have this problem exist than to address it. I think that's a, I think that's a confident thing to say. Um, you've definitely lost doing box fires because just go to that 6,000 post thread. There are people who will not buy a new inbox game anymore until it's solved, including myself, right? So you've lost me as a as a new inbox buyer until you guys fix it. Um, there's also the cost of sending out these play fields. Now, I don't know the arrangement that maybe the company that they buy the play fields from, there's some clause that if, you know, these play fields are quote unquote defective, the company gives them free. So I don't know if Stern or JJP has a cost of these play fields, but I'm guessing it is incurred on Stern. So Stern's got to ship it out. There's a cost in that. I mean, how much is it to ship a play field? around i mean it can't be cheap and you lose the play field it's just easier to fix it and put a fucking washer in there right at the at the minimum mm-hmm. so that's kind of it kind of blows my mind that this is like so many pinball machines so many tight new tiles are coming out it's still going on i thought like once it happened it was like oh shit they somebody messed up they had a bad batch of play fields and that's going to be it but that's not been the case this is still going on with both manufacturers well it's got to be they have to know that this is happening right they somebody at CERN is seeing that thread or jjp <laughs> and they're weighing the cost and benefit right they're saying are we losing more new inbox buyers than it's saving us to not fix this problem or not send out new play fields or not do that because they for ghostbusters stern sent out repopulated play fields yeah. And they were letting people do uh, full playfield swaps. I think um, somebody in Discord said they had an LE Ghostbusters. They got the new playfield. And it was it was like a giant waste because when the, they had to give the playfield back to their distributor, who like took the node boards off the bottom, drilled a hole in the playfield and threw it in the dumpster. So they're not even, they wouldn't even, it wasn't worth them shipping the co- the thing back to them for parts or whatever. I guess, you know, it's used. What are they going to do? They can't use those parts. So, um, to them, there has, it has to be, they have to be making more money doing it the way they are now. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. You know, I, I think pinball is increasing in popularity. 
I think there's more people coming into the hobby all the time. I think people who go in the hobby tend to stay in the hobby. So yeah, pinball sales is just going to keep on going up for a while, steadily going up. So maybe they look at it and say, yeah, we're selling more games than ever, like that article. But I don't think they realize how much they are actually still losing in terms of people not buying games and losing companies, uh, customers by not just fixing the problem. They could be, my argument is they can be making even more money, but they're not thinking about this problem correctly enough. Yeah. They're making enough, maybe enough to make them happy and then continuing, but it's coming to a head, right? It's coming to a head that just keeps on happening. Pinball people are pretty good at tolerating things in pinball machines and problems in pinball machines that they would not tolerate in a $10 product from Amazon. I can guarantee you of that, but there is a place where you draw the line. And, and I think this is where you draw the line because it's such a hard problem to offload onto the consumer. For I'll give you my perspective on it. Um, I would not give up the opportunity to own a Pirates of the Caribbean just because it would have some play field wear or chipping or uh, a Jurassic Park. They're putting out amazing games. I don't regret buying them, even if they end up having wear like this on it. It's not a big enough issue to me to forego the experience, the enjoyment I get out of the game. I would much rather, I, I understand that it's a very expensive hobby. It's uh, not an acceptable thing, but it's, it's for somebody like me, I just want to play the game. If it's like the original, uh, I think there, there's levels uh, of, of this. It's not uh, like, like I saw Mike Castleman's post and I'm like, yeah, that sucks, but it's this tiny little piece that's behind a rail that you're never going to see anyways. Um, to me, like, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. There's probably stuff in the back of my Jurassic Park that, or whatever, any of these games that's worn out, but I'll never see it, so I don't care. Um, versus I know you like to really inspect your games and make sure they're looking great. You come over and you inspect my games and see how they compare to yours. Um, so I just think, like, like, if I could throw a washer on and cover up a little wear that might be around a post of like that's fine as long as as long as it doesn't cause additional wear that's cool with me i'm never going to see it it doesn't bother me that it's under there if it's something like the original run of wizard of oz where in the pop bumper area they had these giant chunks of the play field popping off then yes that's a problem i agree i would not tolerate that i would insist on having a a, a, a replacement play field put in or something like that yeah, so th there's a couple points in there. First of all, you know, I, I think you're not alone in thinking that. There's plenty of people that feel that way, and there's plenty of people that feel the way I feel. Um, I think you're fortunate to look at it that way because it's not stopping you from the enjoyment the way it's preventing me from getting a machine. Um, so, so that's good. And, and like you said, there's degrees. My counterpoint to that is when you give the example of like Wizard of Oz level of chipping versus maybe some some minor chipping is that you don't know what that the minor chipping is going to develop into over time when you mm -hmm. start seeing that. That's the, that's the concern. Once it starts, that chipping can just start magnifying and getting bigger to the levels that you wouldn't tolerate or it would really bother you. Right. Right. That's what concerns me. Like, yeah, sure. Mike Castleman's small. Mike Castle's really popular. <laughs> we love you, Mike. <laughs> but the, um, his chipping is small. You can't see it, but that still sucks. That will prevent me from getting, cause I, I it pisses me off to spend all that kind of money and they don't care, and, and I do want to preserve these games. Um, you know, if it never spreads, then that's one thing. Like, if my Deadpool Denver gets worse, then I can I can live with that, right? Like, I'm not like, I need to burn this and sell it. But my question is, what is it going to look like in five years? 
Right. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I care about. I keep my games potentially for, like I said, decades. I don't know how long. Yeah, you have to um, think about it from the manufacturer perspective too, though, because like, there's like a bazillion things that can go wrong in a, in a pinball machine, and and you know when you ship it, things are going to shake, rattle, and move, and then you have obsessive collectors going into their machines with microscopes, looking at the po- the posts, saying, "Oh my God, it's pooling." We, you know, this is a like you said, it's a relatively new issue. We don't know what the long term implications of this are for the the play field. This could be something that never ends up being a problem, but you know, because somebody's making a huge deal out of it, you, you know, now the manufacturer has to be like, well, this is very very costly for me. And maybe somebody like Stern has the the resources to to do something like this. But if you look at a small company like Spooky, for them to ship out a replacement play field or something is a huge cost. So, um, it, it's, which is, which is why not just make sure that it doesn't happen. Well, but you, but you've again, be proven that this is a new phenomenon that there are ways to prevent it right. and, and pooling, you know, I, I, I don't know the outcome of what happens to pooling and pooling is just a speculation. That's like a time bomb of, of what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm specifically talking about actual chipping mm-hmm. okay. where, where it's definitely, where it's definitely chipped where there's art. Off. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't. I'm not an expert on the pooling or what has have with the pooling. It, I, I, the pooling's like a, a cause to be concerned. Mm-hmm. The actual chipping and where the chip is formed, that's legit. Like down to the bare wood. That's like totally unacceptable to me. So say you've got like chipping around a, a star post uh, or around a post on a, a pinball machine. They send you an update with a wider star post that covers it up and is going to yeah. prevent the wear from from getting worse over time is that an acceptable solution to you so i can i can i can live with that my i I can i can i can live with that much more than the it's chipped off like the wizard of oz point or where you see the the chip developing on my deadpool right i can i can live with that i'm still disappointed that that seems to be their solution where they're not fixing it because it's a real problem and i and i want to see them fix it right like i don't want to see a band-aid you know stern at first offered me like um a bottle of clear coat so i can fucking play touch up on it yeah right that's not a solution and i want to go back you had the the car analogy and i've seen this used before like oh you drive your car around you're gonna get you know rocks are gonna kick up on the front on the front bumper right Mm -hmm. well that's there's like never a time when that didn't happen that i'm aware of right like it's 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 just an acceptable it's it's a known wear in the fact that we know like rubbers are going to eventually wear on a pinball machine Mm -hmm. you gotta replace it my my whole point is this is a new phenomenon doesn't have to be like this we know it doesn't have to be like this um and they don't seem to care about fixing this yeah uh you know louis and chat says i'm making excuses i'm, I'm offering some counterpoints some uh, different no, perspective that's, that's good that's that's that, that that's good kevin i don't think has had the level of problems i have had well that's the other thing too i've been pretty lucky like my jurassic park i've seen some that have tons of like issues around that post or like the yeah. the early versions had the art that went all the way up to the posts and underneath everything and I have the one of the later premiums, and it's been great. I have no issues with my Jurassic Park, um, and you know, minimal issues on like pirates. I had uh, pooling around the post, so I put the the kit in to to cover that up. Yeah, um, I did too. I put the cliffy protectors on to because I had seen other people get um, wear around their scoops um, dialed in. They had issues around the the SIM card scoops. So everybody put protectors on those. Yeah. They eventually started putting them on there too. So. Yeah, I haven't had like massive issues like like Nick has had either. 
So that, yeah. I'm sure that plays into my perspective of things as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm grateful for my pirates. I mean, I had the same issue. I'm glad I was able to fix it before I had any real damage, right? I think the game's good now. I think I stopped it and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but I'd be, I'd be heartbroken if, if my favorite game had damage on it. I, I just would. I, I, there is an element. I'm a, I'm a player, but I'm also a collector. There is an element of spending the kind of money to buy a new game that's not used for the purpose of having it in, you know, pretty much mint condition. And I totally believe, because I've seen pinball machines from the '90s when when they clear coded, I totally believe you can you can achieve that. That that's that's doable. That you can have a game that's like in essentially perfect condition. That you can have a playfield that hasn't fallen apart. You know, the ball shouldn't be. Sorry, the ball should not be pulling up the art from the playfield. That shouldn't be a thing. It's preventable if just even just washers. So. It's funny because like games in the 80s, they didn't clear coat and the art came all up and um, they were considered right. like, you know, you'd have a game in your uh, arcade or your bar for a couple of years and that was it. You could get the new game, put it in. And that was actually better for the manufacturers because right. they were selling more new games. When Adam's Family came around and those games lasted forever and yeah. they started putting the, the diamond play play fields on, it was actually bad for the manufacturers because then they, you know, this game's still getting played. Why would I replace it? People love this. Um, so <laughs> in one way, but now the market shifted so much to the home collector where, and it's really keeping these companies afloat during the pandemic. Like, yeah, you need to start addressing these concerns because this is your, your major market right now. So many arcades right. are closed. Um, you need to kind of start taking this more seriously and catering to the home market who is starting to demand this now that they're seeing it. Right. So I'm going to go through, um, because again, the, the, the catalyst for this was the, the cracking. That's my, my, my biggest issue. But I, again, this video is for somebody who's in the market, maybe buying their first game, wondering what it's like to buy a new pinball machine. And I'm not telling somebody, don't buy a pinball machine. I'm just saying, here's what, I want to set realistic expectations. And we got your, your kind of take on it, Kevin. You're okay with this, right? You're okay. And, and, and that's great. I mean, it's, I, if I can swap brains, my life would be a little bit easier, maybe, right? I can <laughs> settle down about this. So if you're watching this and you're thinking, oh, man, I, I, should I buy a pinball machine or shouldn't? This is a video that I'll, I'll refer people to when they ask us, right? You've got to ask yourself, how are you when you buy a, a product and you spend this kind of money? Are you just like, listen, that doesn't, I don't give a shit. I just want to play the game and be pulling off. I, I, I don't care. I'll fix any problem that comes along. I just want a pinball machine. I'm not going to let it me from enjoying it then god bless you that's that's fine that's fine so here's my uh 10-year history of buying a pinball machine with every single one having an issue okay and you can decide uh your level of tolerance for this so uh, let's start off with iron man this is my baby got this in uh january 2011 it's almost gonna be 10 years old it grows up so goddamn fast <laughs> um can you go to the crack first this uh is, yes uh, okay. i'm gonna do this yep, here we go so this is an issue that i noticed could be zoomed in a little bit I don't think we can, but no. um, I noticed this right away when I got my machine that it, I've never seen this on another game. I don't think. I haven't either. This is uh, actual crack in the, it was in the clear. Now you can see it separating down to the wood and the paint's pulling apart. It's a legit crack. It's pulling away. And that is, uh, it's gotten worse in the 10 years. I have like a, I don't have the before and after picture right now, um, but it, it's definitely gotten worse. And this was, I, I complained to Stern. I was really upset. This is my first pinball machine. And Stern, through the help of Cointaker, my distributor, this is why you get a good distributor, 
um, got me a replacement play field, and that pacified me for the time. I thought I, I thought I won, but, and eventually this problem has gotten worse. And like I said earlier in this, um, you know, it's a headache to spend that kind of energy, time, and money to replace it. So unfortunately, I just have to kind of live with it. And that was one of the reasons I sold it to off to Martha because I couldn't stand it after a while. Um, so yeah, I mean that 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 sucks, and that problem has gotten worse over time. I don't know what that crack's going to look like ten years from now. I I, I just don't. Um, can you go to the other? The next picture of Iron Man. Yep. So this is a good example of cracking of the playfield cracking. So you see that those circles, um, those are posts in the playfield um, without washers under them. And this is from, you know, the tw the first runs of Iron Man, uh, and you can see where the playfield art has totally chipped off, and that's down to the bare wood. Um, I assume that problem is only going to get worse. I need to put some mylar over it um a collector was going to help me because he has some black like vinyl circles we're going to cut there and try to blend it in but that sucks i mean that i i couldn't tell you when that happened to be honest because it's underneath an area where uh you have to kind of be looking for it so that's that's fortunate um stern knows this is a problem because on their newer runs of iron man they have washers there and that's not an issue on the newer ones so Go they figure. fixed it in this case they fixed in that case. Um, Which, again, why yeah. do they continue to do that without putting washers on when they know that that's what can happen? This is like this is the, the thing that will just drive you crazy. Right? Uh, it's a cheap, easy solution. Yeah. For reference, how many plays do you have on your Iron Man? Like, yeah, you've played uh, a lot. I have no idea. I would say probably 5,000. Yeah. You, so this is a game that's seen a lot of play, but it, you know, if you had this in an arcade, it would get similar play, too. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you this, Kevin. You've seen my Iron Man plenty of times. Uh-huh. Am I wrong for saying that that game looks like brand new? Yeah, you take really good care of your machines. I mean, honest to God, everybody who sees my Iron Man is like, this is the nicest Iron Man I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, that game is in, it looks like I took it out of the box. I will also say that um, I would have never noticed either one of those two things had you not pointed them out to me. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't focus on it that, like that. Now that you see it, you pointed it out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I see it. And, yeah. like, cool, let me play the game. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it's also sure. not and, my and, game so and again and again that's what this video is designed for right like you need to kind of decide what kind of consumer you are and, right. and what's going to bother you and what, what what's not going to um so the other issues i had out of the boxes are minor things a misaligned flipper and pop-up are not firing easy, easily fixed um but again that's that's the new inbox experience my first one next game i got was uh we don't have pictures for these but acdc pro uh i had a pr issue where they had uh this wire diverter from the pops it was like what they used on avatar after a couple games the wire diverter it's a stupid design it was actually putting oh, yeah. scratches mm -hmm. big scratches into the play field so i immediately ripped it out and the game is perfectly playable without it eventually stern stopped putting it on the game um but the damage was done and that's that pissed me off like it just sucks <clears throat> um then i got a acdc i sold the pro and i got a premium yeah i the remember efficient, that efficient buying yeah, yeah. so i met kevin yep. um, when i got the acdc pro mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, the start of that friendship there you go it's where the Super romance story. began yeah <laughs> uh acdc premium uh after a couple games uh the cannon broke right out of the box i had to wait for nearly a month for stern to send me uh a new cannon so brand new game played it a couple times cannon broke main feature of the game couldn't play the game for a month or just sat there and then uh you know that's not fun to install i had to i had to hire somebody to install that and pay them to so that sucks right again i would have been better off buying used from somebody who had a working game all right metallica so uh, this is fun. The mystery scoop on Metallica has a uh, coil mech underneath it that completely fell bottomed out of the game. 
all the screws fell off. The screws were stripped or something like that. Um, so Stern actually sent me a new playfield because I complained. A uh, populated playfield? Yeah, I had to fix it with like some. I, I used like the um, toothpick. Um, toothpick thing, and mm-hmm. then also the uh, clear was pulling off under the apron where the ball drains. Not a big deal, but they sent me a new playfield because of the fact that the holes were just the whole mech fell off, and yeah. I guess they were that concerned. So that's my second playfield that I got from, from Stern. Again, that's probably the least of the problem. Metallica has held up well other than that. Things have been good. Um, let's see what's next. Walking Dead Premium. This is a fun one. Oh, yeah, I remember this one. This is uh, so the shooter, like the um, the ball guide, when you plunge it, you know, and those uh, Walking Dead has those kind of cool skill shot. The ball guide from the shooter lane was so misaligned that it like never made it up there. It would just go like straight into the pop bumper, so you couldn't really do the skill shot. The game is not functional in that sense. Uh, and this is something that would have been easily testable from the factory if they just tried it out. They would have known it's an issue. Uh, so the fix was that I, I had a collector help me out. He had to physically drill a new hole into the playfield and move the metal rail guy, and that fixed it. So here's a case where you buy a new game and you're drilling a hole in the playfield. Who doesn't want to do that, right? Not <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. No. Nope. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. But that's the reality of buying a, a, a new box game. Does that problem bother you more than like the chipping and other things? Oh hell have? yeah, yeah. If the game doesn't function correctly, yeah, that sucks. Um, okay. Especially if it's not something like I, I've had. Every single game I've bought new, even used, like, I've had problems with. Switches need yeah. to be adjusted. <laughs> things come loose in shipping. You have to reconnect connectors, things like that. Um, I remember, like, on Ghostbusters, I had to swap the plunger spring on it because the the shot would rattle out and you wouldn't be able to get a full plunger on, stuff like that. So I've had issues. If I can solve it myself, that's fine. Um, yeah as a new pinball owner like like game time television said they they bought a metallica the scoop didn't work out of the box they thought by buying a new machine you would avoid all of these issues and i correct i had that misconception too correct like i want to buy a new game i don't i just want to play it i don't want to maintain it but after you know watching friends unbox new games and adjusting things out of the box buying games myself having to adjust things new out of the box Sorry, it's not the reality of pinball right here for the past 10 years. It's probably always been that yeah. way. Um, I don't know if margins will ever be good enough for manufacturers to build games that, you know, it's not like, to get back to the car analogy, analogy, like it's not a life or death situation in a pinball machine. If my car doesn't work right, I could die. If I, my pinball machine doesn't work right, I don't get to play my game for a while. So they're not going to build it to the same standards as, a car, even though a car may cost the same amount, they're also not manufacturing as many, so they can't spread that cost out over. The well, look, of I mean, if you if your if your new PlayStation you're buying doesn't work right, you're going to be pissed off, and you you're not going to make these excuses. It's not a life or death thing, like exactly. You know, but here's the not thing: a great analogy. If if I have a PlayStation and I have a problem with it, I can either take it back to the store, or Sony's going to swap it out for me. And that's really the biggest problem here is that. They're, they're like either ignoring it or they're over time doing less. Like we talked about Ghostbusters. They were sending out populated play fields, swapping it out, fixing the problem. It took them a while to finally get there. But at, over time, they're, they wrote into their, um, their warranty that this is not an issue that is covered under your warranty or they're going to ignore it. Or So that's the biggest problem. There's very little that 
the end user can do to get these issues resolved versus if you buy something in a big box store where they they can eat that cost of the PlayStation no problem and just give you a new one and then send it back to they they'll deal with Sony and get you your replacement and it's it's no hassle to me that's how it should be and that's how you know going through a distributor that's how it should be too but it's just it's not for whatever reason well, you know, somebody asked in chat, is anything perfect out of the box? Yeah, I buy things all the time. There's <laughs> packages that come from Amazon every day, and they work out of the box without an issue. It's very common. And the point, like with the PlayStation or, or these other items that are perfect out of the box, these are things that are easier to replace than the pinball machine. I understand mm. the issue with that. You would think that there's, like, more mistakes with things out of the box that they're easy to replace. You would think that with pinball machines, there'd be extra care because they're more difficult to um remedy the solution for the consumer but there seems to be less now as a pinball buyer i think the one thing that you learn quickly is that there's a lot of things that can go wrong in pinball and i think we all have a certain tolerance for issues and that's why that even after 10 years this is i'm just doing a video now we've had our podcast now for four years i could have done this four years ago and, and bitched and complained about it but again the cracking is, is this thing that's not easy for the consumer to fix not a switch to adjust, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can tolerate certain things in a play field that need uh, certain things in a game that might need to be tweaked or fixed. It sucks. I'm still not happy about it, but I can, I can tolerate a little bit. So I guess it's just pinball. You shrug your shoulders, but it's the cracking. Um, anyways, moving on. So yeah, the walking dead premium was a really annoying one. And then Deadpool, um, we were streaming and the metal flap under the right ramp fell off. That's one of those annoying things that to tweak that oh, happened yeah. in the stream. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just again it's frustrating and annoying and, and shouldn't happen but does there's some stripped leg books i believe um you got the chip play field i discussed oh the cabinet painted so i was installing um uh pin stadiums and one of the things that you do in the directions of pin stadiums it, uh, so the the um, adhesive adheres to the cabinet as you take like this uh alcohol cloth and you wipe it down so right you get rid of dirt and stuff and it's clean done that i've done that for games kevin you've done that for games no issues yep. On my Deadpool, when I got to the left one, went up fine. When I got to the right side, I looked at that cloth, and there's this black all over. The black paint came off. So there was a section of that inside that cabinet that must have been damaged that Stern kind of carelessly painted over, but the paint was cheap or whatever. So I pulled the paint right off of it. So whatever. I just there's there's the evidence. There's the cloth. I, at that point, after the chipping, after the things falling off, I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. Like, <laughs> it's just one, it just adds up, right? It adds up after 10 years and it adds up where you just, you feel defeated and you're not excited about, I say you, I'm not excited about buying a pinball machine anymore because I'm like, what problems did I just bring on myself? What troubleshooting am I gonna be doing? What forums do I have to run to to figure out how to fix this? Who can I get to help me? What conversations do I have to have? And how many emails and months do I have to go back with the, the manufacturer to get this fixed, right? It's just, much oh and i forgot my my uh, speaker popping issue which stern after about 10 emails and me just kind of i had to actually start yelling at them i was being nice <laughs> um they, they finally got back to me and they replaced the speaker so i don't know man it's just it, it becomes more you you, you it, to me it like takes the excitement and the thrill and the fun out of uh the buying a new box pinball machine to the, the the problems and the issues just start weighing me down like just talking about it is training um, so to be fair, let's talk about the JJP games. I've, I bought two of them. I've not had as significant issues. Um, I've had the pooling on uh, Pirates, and I had the shipping start on the uh, Scoop, which thankfully uh, the, the Scoop is, can be covered with a cliffy protector, and that's not a worry anymore. And the pooling we caught early enough to put a washer on it, so I got lucky there. Um, dialed in, I actually had an issue, and Jersey Jack was phenomenal at taking care of the issue. Um, I'm not going to say what it is or go into that because my philosophy is that 
when I've been taken care of 100%, I'm happy with it. This doesn't need to be discussed. Um, why I talk more about this turn is because, especially with Deadpool, at that point in time, when I you know realized that having a blank um, unpopulated playfield does nothing for me, I asked it. I asked for a populated one. I was like, "Look, dude, this is my sixth game I bought new, plus the ten from the business. This is like, can you just give me a populated one? Like, I, I'm worried about. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. So um, that that pisses me off. Like, they're like, we'll send you a playfield. It's like, well, that's what you're gonna give me, give me. But I'm, like, I'm not. That's not what I'm asking for. Um, so yeah, uh, I I don't know, man. Like I said, I uh, I'm not gonna buy a new game until these these problems are fixed, which I know they can be. Yep. So, so that's uh, that's the end of my rant. Any any uh, last questions or uh, anything that came up in chat? Yeah, I wonder what you think it'll take to get manufacturers to actually start solving this problem. Yeah, look, I actually have a thing that says solutions on my notes that I probably should read. Um, okay, thank you. There you go. Not end a rant. So let's <laughs> talk. What are the, what are the solutions? Well, companies like I, I alluded to this earlier. Companies need to start real actually caring and realizing that they are losing buyers. Uh, just go to that thread uh, on, on Pinside, which uh, I think I'm going to mention the name of it again. Continued Playfield. It's called Continued Playfield Issues with JJP and Stern. 6,000 posts. Can't miss it. So they need to acknowledge that this is a, this is a problem and they are losing buyers. There's money that's um, happening to send out uh, these replacement playfields and aggravation that washers probably nine times out of ten would, would fix and prevent. Um, Consumers need to ask. Here's a here's a good proactive thing you could do if you're in the market and you're going to buy a new pinball machine after hearing all this. Um, you're going to get a pinball machine through a distributor. Ask your distributor before you purchase what the remedy will be if you have these issues. Right? Understand as a consumer what's normal, what's considered normal wear, wear and tear by the pinball manufacturer and what's not, and how that distributor is going to help you if there's an issue. Very good questions to ask. Sorry, Zach. Um, this is probably frustrating to. Uh, uh, um, I'm sure. Pinball distributors are frustrated by this. They can't like this. This is extra work for them. It's nonsense. They, they, they're advocates for the consumer. They don't like this either. Nobody can like this. I mean, Stern can't like this. JGP can't like this. So we're all in agreement that this issue sucks and we want it fixed, right? Like we're all on the same side here. Um, don't. Here's another good pro tip. Don't purchase a. I, I think you'll agree with this, Kevin. Don't purchase a new game when it immediately comes out. Give it a few months to see if there's any issues. Yeah. So beyond um, physical issues. Why not wait for the code to get fleshed out a little bit more too? Get get some time on the game, enjoy it. Yeah. Let, don't be don't be the early adopter. Don't be the beta testers for the because they're building a brand new product they've never built before. So they're gonna you're gonna run into issues along the way. This has happened for the entirety of manufacturing pinballs back in the '90s. They used to issue service updates for games when you know they would issue ball hangups or whatever. So you're building a, a machine this intricate things are going to go wrong they're going to make improvements along the way in theory um and then you know you're going to be the that better off for it yeah and and obviously look it doesn't uh, apply to collector editions you're sort of buying it blind because there's limited editions and things like that so you know you take your chances just just realize that but for the most part you know when the title comes out it's usually manufactured up to two years at least so you have you have time um, and the follow-up to that is before you before you're ready to pull the trigger, go to also to Pinside Threads, look up this game and see if there's any issues. See what problems people are having with the game. I should have did that with Deadpool. I didn't follow my own advice. I, I figured after a year that they would have resolved it. Stupid me. Okay, lesson yep. learned. Um, know what you're getting yourself into with, with these games, 
right? Um, I think there were issues when um, Jurassic Park from Stern first came out and then they fixed the kind of pooling issues yep. later on. So maybe the first few months, people who bought it, they got screwed over. But yours came out. When you got yours, Kev, it was like maybe a couple months into the production cycle and yours has been okay. Yeah, because I got a premium, so they would have run the pros and the LEs. I think they fixed it for the LEs. The, the first run of pros that came out had the problem. Um, and then they, re, they to their credit, they fixed it. Um, and then by the time I got mine, it's been good. All right. And then last but not least, um, let these companies know, you know, if, if you're saying what I'm saying, and I'm doing this publicly now. So this is, this is, this is me doing this. Um, if you're saying you're not, you're done buying new games until the issue is fixed, let, let Stern know, let Jersey Jack know, you know, email them, let them know that they lost a customer. And this is, this is a big deal to you. You know, going on the forum is, 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 is great and all and bitching and complaining to other collectors and, and, you know, misery loves company. That's fine. That, I, I get solace in that. And, you know, I, I'm sure that some folks from these manufacturers see that, but there's nothing like getting an email from a number of consumers saying, listen, this is a big deal. I've, I've you know, purchased X amount of machines in the past, or I'm a new customer, but I don't want to deal with this. What are you doing to solve the issue? Can you, can you tell me I can buy this game and my play field's not going to chip and fall apart, right? That, that will have some impact. That has to have some impact because I don't think that there's, in their minds, as we talked about earlier, uh, you get new customers every year. Things are good for pinball right now, even though they're losing some customers, they're getting more. So they're clearly not addressing it, and this problem is continuing. But if they, uh, I guarantee if they fixed it and addressed it, they would make even more money. And we all want to see pinball thrive and survive and grow. Uh, we're all in this together. Uh, hopefully this problem can get solved. There you go. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's let's bring it on home, Kevin. All right. Uh, Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Brody Even Talk Pinball. Um, If you want to, you can follow us on social media. uh, All at the bottom of the link uh, screen there, but we're at buffalopinball.com. We're at buffalopinball on all the things like Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube, you can go check out our uh, reveal stream of uh, Guns N' Roses and the unboxing that we talked about earlier. Um, Been doing some live streams over there, too. we streamed, I streamed uh, Guns N' Roses over there because of music copyright issues, which can can be, uh, we didn't, basically, we would have been fine doing the live stream there, but the um, the video on demand would be would be muted. Um, so we did, we wanted to avoid that for the, uh, for the reveal stream. So I've been streaming it on Twitch ever since. Um, you can follow, join our Facebook group, and we're also on Discord, discord.gg slash buffalo pinball. Uh, you can email us if you want to uh, tell Nick Lane all the things he asked you to tell him about. You can send that to talkpinball at gmail.com. Uh, if you want him to acknowledge that um, uh, you're proud of him, he'll do that there. Uh, you can support the channel by subscribing to us on Twitch. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can do that at no extra cost using your Twitch Prime. Uh, that's a, a free addition that comes with your Twitch Prime uh, account. Uh, or you can send some some cash money to, via PayPal uh, at buffalopinball at gmail.com. And if you want to support us, go on your favorite podcast platform and drop a review. Leave a comment on YouTube. You can go on TWIP and review us there. Um, all sorts of ways you, you can get uh, support what we do, and we appreciate all of it. Uh, so, Nick, what's, what's going to be the next thing you stream? Uh, you know what? I've... Martha streamed Sopranos. Uh, Sopranos last week, so yeah. I I feel I I don't ever play Sopranos because I I'm over that game, but I think I'll stream it. 
because the camera equipment's there. I think I'll stream it on uh, next week. That'd be good. You can have Nick Lane swearing and the machines swearing all at the same time. It's gonna I be feel great. like I don't have to swear when I play that <laughs> game because it does it for me. You just rip the spinner and it does it all. That's right. <laughs> all right, That's guys. Right. Until next time. Thanks. We'll see you.